Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. From Asmacore Studios near Detroit, Michigan, it's Unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? And now, here are your hosts. Welcome to Unregimented number 211. That sounds like a lot when you say it out loud. I'm Chris. I'm Aaron. I'm Rich. And by the end of this episode, one of us may be accused of sexual harassment. Hey, we don't know a, by who. It's just how it seems to go nowadays. It's a, it's a dangerous time to be a man. You know, uh, it could it could just happen to any of us. I'm sure one I of those. Pull my dick out and jerk off in front of you guys at any point. I was gonna say I'm sure one of those 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 drunken podcast nights. I I, I was in my underwear on your couch. So I, I was. Oh, I'm doing this podcast in my underwear right now. I should probably go put on pants. That's the equivalent of of sexual harassment. Or, oh, apparently hide the potted plants. Even though. I have no interest in either of you, and I know you guys have no interest in me. Somehow, that's sexual harassment. Well, hey, you know, I got we're, the script. Do you guys want to perform this scene real quick? <laughs> what we've really learned, though, I, a common, well, sexual harassment has been a common theme in general for the last month, but a common theme on our show since we started, really, has, has been hypocrisy. And it's not a right or left thing. We've seen it all over the place. But I think we've seen the strongest case for it coming out of the right and how they choose to handle allegations against Del Franken and how different that is from, from Roy Moore or even the president himself. You know, the president says, he tweets, well, you know, the people will decide about Roy Moore. I don't know. I don't know if any of this is true. People will make up their minds and they'll elect him or not. But with Al Franken, it's immediately not only not only to accuse, but to hypothesize, to just throw out, just pull stuff out of his ass about how he imagines. Oh, what happened after that picture? What what happened? Fucking nothing. Like first of all, he's not even touching her in the picture. Thank you. Thank you. NPR was just mocking touching her (laughs) exactly NPR was just all over this story and just saying that he groped her through body armor untrue and I'm like first of all you're not groping shit how do you grope somebody through body armor first of all (laughs) they're ceramic plates you're not you're not groping through them second of all (laughs) is he even touching the body armor or is he like over top of it miming that he's doing that because I've looked at the photo I got it right here up in front of me and it's like I mean if I'm going to err on the side of caution I don't think he's touching her fucking vest but I mean I guess if I want to if, I, if I'm if i looking he's to done. go oh look he's he's touching her titties through shit that will stop shrapnel but somehow his fingers are, are more deadly than shrapnel then yeah I guess he's, he's groping her but this is NPR saying this shit so this is how I know that I'm like okay it's I, I know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get 100 percent agreement on this podcast, but we've 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 dipped our foot clearly into the witch hunt, fucking part of this shit, because it's turning well, into I, it's turning into you don't see what you see, you see what we tell you you see, and that's mm-hmm. a witch hunt, and that's bullshit. 
And NPR, it's fuck all, you. You know better than that. We also have just one big bucket to put all this stuff in instead of separate ones, right? We, we're not categorizing it. We're not subdividing these offenses so that we can tell the difference between, you know, somebody who made, who fucked up or did something stupid and somebody else who clearly is a serial predator. That's, that's not Al Franken. We know that he apologized and his apology was accepted by his, um, I don't, I don't remember her name. We'll call her victim, I guess. Leanne Tweeden. Yes. Yeah. Oh, believe me. I've known who she's been for quite a while. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Even even NPR, after they said that he he groped her, which is just, mis- it's just misinformation, but whatever. Even they said that she come out and said she, she's not saying he needs to step down. He should His career should be over. I mean, look, right. look. Here's the deal. This is obviously we're going to get. This is going to happen. It, it's just there's no two ways around it. We're going to venture into miscommunications, awkward advances, people making passes at someone thinking there's something there that there's not, and it's going to be called assault. And it sounds to me like if the dude goes in for a kiss and she don't want it, that that's sexual assault now? Well, then guess what? Every single man, gay or straight, on this planet has sexually assaulted someone at some point. I, I do think that it, it is good that we talk about all this because clearly there is a spectrum and I th- think that we have to come to some kind of consensus as to what that spectrum looks like. So as we talk about, uh, you know, Kevin Spacey, Roy Moore, Al Franken, we can place these people on the spectrum and decide, you know, like we do for any other crime. Do we punish somebody the same if they steal a candy bar or the, if they steal a TV? Absolutely we do. We have different, different levels for everything that we consider to be criminal behavior. And yet when it comes to certain things, it's... Usually involving sex, we just want to put it all in one bucket, put that bucket in a closet, lock it up, and forget about it. Oh, good, we took care of those creeps. We don't even want like it was. Maybe it was, are you on the sexual predator list because you took a, a piss in public? Maybe we don't even want to deal. You're you're just a creep. Get the fuck out of here. And well, I've I've given I've given the solution on this program to all this. It's just up to women, and it's up to guys. But it'll never happen because it's up to women. It's up to women, and it's up to guys. Okay. It's up to guys to go fuck it. Since anything and everything we do, if we're not, if you're not interested, is sexual harassment. We wash our hands of you. You do the fucking chasing. You do the fucking whining and dining. You make the first move. Women won't do that though. Richie's saying, hey, you want babies? It's on you, ladies. Your move. I mean, apparently they are the arbiters of what is okay and what isn't, and men don't know. So if that's the case, ladies, step the fuck up or step the fuck off. They technically are the There's your choice. There's your choice. Because any guy now with any any type of money, position of power, in a company, 
anything to lose has got to be out of his fucking mind to even say, oh, hey, I see you got your haircut. You look, I like your new haircut. Oh, man, that was an unwanted advance. That's sexual harassment. That's, that's assault. And it's like, all right, well, then fuck it. Then don't play the game. Refuse to play the game. You, you, there are women out there saying that they want a reckoning. NPR has multiple women calling for a reckoning. Okay, you want a biblical reckoning, bitches? There you go. A us guys, please. We, us guys, we tap out. You win. It's all on you from here on out. And you know what? You're going to find out just how easy it is to get signals crossed, just how easy it is to think there's a connection there that maybe there isn't, and then you can deal with the fallout of it. Because it's absolutely ridiculous at this point. I don't even, I literally <clears throat> hold the door almost for everybody when I'm in public, if they're coming in behind me, especially if the weather's shitty. You know what I'm saying? And they're kind of got a little pep in their step because they're not wanting to get rained on or, you know, it's snowing or sleeting or whatever. I don't even do it now because I don't want some fucking person, male or female, fucking, oh, oh, oh I can't get the door for myself. Oh, 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 oh. I don't even need it. You know what? Let the door shut in your face. Fuck you, dude. Problem solved. Because that's it seems like that's where we need to go with this. We just need to go, when you're at work, you're a Ken doll and a Barbie doll. Period. But that's never going to happen. Why? Because where do most people who fucking meet people and cheat when they're, once they're adults with other people, where do, they, where do they find these people? At work. So it comes down to if they're attracted to you. If they're interested in you, it's not harassment. Well, the ball's completely in their court at that point. So why shouldn't they be the ones to make the first move since they get to decide what is harassment and what's not based upon whether they're attracted to you? Why do we have to play this fucking game that now an accusation is just as good as a fucking conviction? I think you're being a bit broad with it. I mean, none of the accusations that we're hearing about are uh, stories of the end of a date. And then things went weird. I mean, the, the guy the guy who got fired at NPR went out and was it was it was outside of work socially with a number of women. Mm-hmm. And the accusations range from he talked, he got too personal about his personal life and my personal life to he tried to kiss me. If you're seeing someone outside of work on a one-on-one situation, all right, and it's business, you need to make that crystal fucking clear, period. And I'm talking about both of them. I'm talking about the guy and the female, all right? Yeah. And if the guy, if the guy is thinking, oh, hey, do you want to go out to eat, you know, catch a bite to eat after work? And she goes, okay, then he, he, he needs to put it out there verbally before he makes a move that, you know, Hey, I'm you know show some interest in whatever the fuck, but this is this is what I'm saying. It's getting to the point where it's like, are we are we really going to turn into children where every three minutes we have to stop whatever we're doing if there's a, a female and a male in the same room and go, is everybody comfortable? Can we continue with what we're doing? Okay, let's go. Be like that one episode of Thirty Rock. Good morning, fellow coworker. How are you today? Well, you- we're going to turn into robots. <clears throat> You know, I, I confess, I don't know a lot of the details over the, the um, what was he? He was a producer at NPR, is that right? Or was he head of some department? I think he was the head of the news department. I'd have I think to, Rich I'd is have heading to down the, 
the to what so, end path? Uh, well, no, because look, there yeah, is valid. Uh, there's valid accusations. I'm not saying there's not. All right, but I mean, when accusations come out and it's, you know, well, he leaned in and and kissed me and I didn't want it. Jesus fucking Christ, guys. Stop and think. That's happened to all of us at least once. We've just been like, whoa, okay, I really picked up the wrong vibe from you. I'm sorry. End of the story. And most guys would be so embarrassed, they wouldn't even say that. They'd just try to act like it never happened. I mean, be honest, man. Come on. Well, Is, I, that, is that worth losing your career over? I mean, once the accusations come, we got to suspend this person and investigate and this and that. I mean... If that's the case, I don't. I, fuck it. Segregate the workplace. Then I don't know. What well, do you want me to fucking say? Well, Rich, um, this is how most workplaces operate for decades now. If <clears throat> if you're in a position uh, in a management position of some sort of authority in the company, you can't date people underneath you. Most most companies don't like you dating at all. But if you do. It's a, a lateral move. And you, it can't be in a reporting I'm, relationship with them and all that stuff. Absolutely. You know, even when they do allow it, you have to disclose it. And there are certain rules to the relationships that they allow to happen in their company. If people violate that policy, they're let go. And even if they're just seen as a threat, you know, if there's not an HR accusation well their behavior points to the fact that we are going to inevitably see or chances are we're going to have an hr complaint even if it's just when they break up and somebody's spiteful you know well, yeah, you don't want the the any appearance of impropriety you know you, the, you the just, company i work for even if if you're the person in charge and you know there's a relationship going on you don't do anything about it or say anything right. you could lose your job you don't even and have to be a participant in it in the same respect if you're accused of something, even if it's outside of having a relationship, you know, somebody says you're, st- you're stealing or, or, you know, something like that, some fireable offense, a lot of companies, it's standard policy to say, go home for the day, go home for a couple days until we figure this out, and then we'll see what happens. They cover their ass first. This is all business covering their businesses covering their asses. I absolutely understand that and the which, big, which the is all, all this fallout you know harvey weinstein and and uh kevin spacey and everybody else it sure it has to do with the outrage of the people but it's the outrage of the people that is going to call the cause a negative fallout for the companies that these people work for or with and that's why these punishments they, they don't even want to deal with it See, Netflix doesn't they, want to make a decision that Net, that Kevin Spacey has to go away forever. They just know that they don't want to fuck with that. They just want to concentrate on programming, not controversy. And once and and, and once again, and yes, and with bigger companies that tends to work. I've worked for a lot of small businesses. All that shits out yeah. the window, and that's when it starts oh, affecting yeah, this. When it starts affecting not NPR, not Harvey Weinstein, not when it starts affecting Joe Blow down the street who runs a you know a franchise for McDonald's or something, and McDonald's starts revoking his franchise from him based solely on an accusation of some sort, 
Which, I mean, I'm to be honest with you, I'm shocked. I'm shocked there hasn't been something like that happened even just locally around us. I don't mind it happened somewhere else in the country and we're just not hearing about it. But, I mean, I'm kind of shocked that we haven't heard of a local story like that. I mean, it has to, it has to happen. I, guys, let's put it this way. I know it happens. I've, I've walked Wait, if you listen to NPR, you've heard the story of Larry Nasser, the gymnast that worked with the doctor. Uh, a lot of young girls and did um, spinal readjustments. I'm putting in air quotes that involved digital penetration. Oh, yeah, through their through somehow sticking his fingers up their butt, up their butt and, and their vagina. And their vagina. Um, usually, sometimes even with the parents in the room. That yeah, oh, oh boy. You know, just kind of hiding it with his body or a towel. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, so, yeah, I forgot I mean, about that. That's yeah. That's that was it. He he worked for U of M for fuck's sake. Right. Yeah. He, he trained I, Olympic athletes. I mean, he was he was the guy that everybody wanted to bring their daughter to. People were clamoring for positions. Please, do you have time to work with my daughter? So, I mean, I look. I, I just I'm not, I've never been a big fan of zero tolerance policies. No, I hear but you. But at this point, at this point. I don't see any other way. I mean, it has to be. If we hear that you are having a relationship of any sort with a coworker, you are both gone, period. It's just like the zero tolerance policy that I don't know if it's a statewide policy or if it's a counties or cities. But when it comes to domestic violence, if cops show up to, to investigate a domestic violence call, both parties go to jail. Mm-hmm. But but what I'm saying is, is it's not business setting culture. It's businesses responding to culture. Right? They could give a fuck if the two of you are sleeping together. It doesn't really matter. But it's going to be an issue or bad press or possible lawsuit. Well, then just, just cut it off. Like... Don't allow it to happen in the first place. It's a risk. It's not, it's not because the businesses are making some sort of moral decision that this is not right and there's women being taken advantage of in a, in a, that work for us. It's like, we don't want to be in the papers for this. We don't want to be sued for this. We don't want people outside protesting. Absolutely. That's what it comes down to. So they're not setting this culture. They're just... They are responding and trying to stay afloat in this culture that the rest of society is creating. I mean, as a whole, we apparently decide what we want to focus our outrage on. I mean, it's not like all these people started molesting people in the, in the, in the last six months and we were like, this is out of control. These are stories that, in some form or another... Everybody's heard. Well, this and is, now this all is, of a sudden we give a shit. This is this is why I've said strictly from a cold, calculated, logical, get the emotion out of the situation point of view. It makes no sense that, as Chris said, the gatekeepers, females, are the ones who the lay back master. in the lay back in the cut and wait for everybody to come to them. You hold all the cards. You got the high card. You 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 go. You tell me how you want it. All right. If if it and and we're bound and determined. There's plenty of people that are bound and determined to tip 
everything, every gender role on its on its on its axis, and flip it up and turn it upside down. Fine, start there. Show me that. Show me. Show me that you really are willing to do this. Because if not, you can shut the fuck up about gender roles were exactly the same and all this bullshit. It's I, there's really no other solution. We mm-hmm. there. I, I don't see it. Because yeah, I'm gonna paint with a broad brush. I, it, it, sorry, it's it has to happen. This is the way we talk as human beings. Guys are dumb at times. They can't pick up on subtle hints. Women, you know this. If you've been in a relationship, you know this. Guys aren't good at that shit. I explain it to Mandy all the time. Stop trying to drop me a breadcrumb trail and just fucking tell me. Yeah, I'm not on a fucking Easter egg hunt. Tell me what you want. It's just like, okay, almost every female friend I've ever been close to will come to me and start talking to me about her relationship at some point. And I inevitably, after I let them get it out of their system, say, how many people have you talked to about this? Well, I talked to my mom and my hairdresser and my nail chick and my friend and my girlfriend and, and you and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, have you tried talking to your boyfriend about this? No, I can't talk to him about this. Then there's a fucking problem there. I am not the person to talk to. Neither are any of these other people. You're not in a relationship with them. You're opening Pandora's box. You're, you're, you're basically saying, please stick your nose into my business. Guys... We don't take subtle hints. Okay, some yes, some of us do. Okay, fine, great, wonderful. Good, you're enlightened. All right? Good for you, enlightened male. But most of us don't. We we we're not good at fucking trades, we're not good at Easter egg hunts, and we're not good at trying to to figure out what you mean to say without saying it. Right. Okay, but Rich, you you're 100% right, but this has absolutely zero to do with the stories that we're hearing about in the news. This story has zero connection to anything that we've heard from Harvey Weinstein, from Kevin Spacey, from Roy Moore. I mean, these are not the same story. What we're talking about in, in these stories in the news are people, are men with power, who use it to get off in some fashion. Well, in, a way that, would... in a way that victimizes somebody else. None of this is mixed signals. None of this is... It, like the I, culture that you're talking about does exist. I'm not denying that, and I'm not saying that we aren't that it isn't accelerating either. But that's a completely separate issue from okay, sexual on. abuse. But you, you I don't, I don't said, see the, the direct you, you, connection between the two. You yourself, okay. First of all, let's let's get this straight. You yourself said a few minutes ago that there's different levels. Okay, True. obviously. What Harvey Weinstein, about the big bucket. Yeah, what Harvey Weinstein did isn't the same as... As Al like, Franken. Yeah, okay. And, I mean, if you want to get right down to it, Roy Moore, I think, is he's just a pedophile. This isn't... That yeah. isn't... That's, that's not sexual harassment. That's you want to fuck children. You need to go to jail. Dude, the mall said you can't hang out there anymore. Exactly. You have a problem. He is the way too old guy at the fucking... Mm-hmm. Like, parked across the school when the high school lets out, you know, and he, he's not looking at the seniors, he's looking at the freshmen. He's a creep, he's a pedophile. Well, it, well also, you know, people wonder why the Alabama residents are outraged by this behavior, not realizing that in Alabama and a lot of other states, 14 is the age of consent. 
So and yeah, that's 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 the other thing. It's kind of ironic that they're all of the Christian conservative states, and the age of consent is way lower than a lot of the, but I guess more secular states. But that's by the way, so I, I just have to I say real to quick. Derail, yeah. No, I took about just going to say real quick with this story with this idiot. I've heard more accents that remind me of my family <laughs> in the news. <laughs> I swear to God, I heard my Aunt Linda on the radio the other day. I was like, Well, first of all, Mary <laughs> was only 14 years old. She was 14, but you know, when see, she, down here, when she it's had okay. sex with God. Yeah, oh, fuck yeah, yeah. you, idiots. They didn't, like, ugh. Yeah, well, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's like, the thing. How do you God know Joseph? Fuck like, it's a, I know all the like stories. It's an invisible penis. He goes through the hymen, the hymen stays intact, and then he can plant his God seed. Who's I don't to say know what that, I'm talking about. Who's to say that Joseph wasn't like, so the angel came down, said he was God, got you pregnant? Yeah. So you can't get more pregnant, so let me hit that, you know? I mean, <laughs> right. It's not like I'm going to get you pregnant with twins. I mean, or she even told him. I mean, the kid just popped out one day with a halo, and he's like, oh, we need to talk. He's like, yeah, yeah. That better be the only the fuck son of God. Yeah. <laughs> We're around town as God did this, so let's fucking do this. You said through, that you guys through. are just working on your classwork. <laughs> he goes to work and his buddies are like, hey, Joseph, how's the son of God? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> that better be the only son of God. You hear me? <laughs> but no, I mean, look, okay, there's it, Kevin Spacey to me seems like just a painfully awkward guy who does who from every story i've heard it's just it's he 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 damn near sounds like he's on the spectrum like he just doesn't yeah pick but up it's also I, I don't know <laughs> since the no, last week's show we've heard a lot of stories about predatory behavior oh no he's definitely well i'm talking about from the first accusations when he was barely in his 20s Right. So the accusations now. He's definitely matured in his. I don't know if matured is the right word, but you know what I'm saying? Like, he's definitely gotten creepier as he's gotten older. He got creepier. Yeah, I don't think he matured at all, really. Well, it's like, like they he, say. He just got ballsier. It's like, like they literally. say serial killers mature. Means it, it doesn't mean mature as in they get obviously more grown up. It means. It takes more to get them off. It takes more for them to get the high that they did beginning. That's that's kind of what I meant by that. I can't think of another word that would fit it better at the moment. No, I, I hear you. Um, and Harvey Weinstein, like, did I send you guys the article that a friend of mine found explaining uh, from a psychiatrist why guys that like jerk off in front of women do it? Did I send that to the to the group oh, chat? Uh, yes, you did. I did not read it yet. Okay, well, I mean, I'm just going to break it down to, like, real simple. <clears throat> it's a, this is the claim of this psychiatrist, and she is female. I'm just going to say this, so I, take, take, take it with what you will. She says, in her opinion, it's about seeing, eliciting a, a terrifying response, them being horrified. That's what gets them off. It's not the act of jerking off in front of them. It's the act of they're, like, horrified, like, oh, my God, what are you doing? And what happens sometimes when you get scared? What happens if you get scared so bad? I've, I've been, adrenaline? I, you get an you adrenaline start, boner. You can start laughing. Pot of plant? No, I'm talking about the females. 
Like if he goes, um, okay, if Louis C.K., let's be honest, he's a comedian, that's what he's known for. If he goes, um, hope I'm not being too forward, but do you mind if I jerk off in front of you? And it's a chick, and she's like, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, go for it. And then he starts doing it. She might start laughing just out of an involuntary response, wow. just because, that. holy shit. He wasn't exactly. lying. He's jerking off in front of me. He has his abnormally pink wiener out, and he's going to town. And one of the acute, or a couple of the accusers said, "Well, we started laughing," and I'm like, "Well, it seems like she's on to something there." Like, you know what I'm saying? And he obviously, and then it, it goes into more like, you know, it's not cheating because he didn't touch them and he, they didn't touch him, but that's a whole different story. But to me, the the whole point is. He want if that's the case, then it it goes back to power. Then we really have to talk about some uncomfortable shit because guess what, power is a major part of sex. Period. Go look up feminist porn, and you will see men being degraded, being submissive, being beat constantly in that porn. Go look up rough sex porn. You ain't even got to put fucking anything but that. And you will see guys literally grabbing what chicks' heads and doing their best to shove their cock down through the back of their fucking head. I mean, holding the two fistfuls of hair face fucking the chick. Like, shit we joke about, that's really going on. And then there's the whole BDSM thing. There, There's so many layers to this shit, and it's being... Boiled down to the simplest thing, any unwanted advances and harassment. And you say you don't see how this this issue trickles down. I get that, but I'm also thinking, okay, six months from now, it's going to trickle down to this because it always does. It always does. It's all. It always gets ridiculously stupid with shit like this before it gets better. There's the... It, as as you called it, the overcorrection. And I'd rather just fucking get it out the way. Just fucking, let's just, look, guys are stupid, all right? We understand this. We're dumb, all right? We think with our dicks You try sometimes. having one of these things. All right? And, and, and to solve this problem, let's stop playing this game and act like the guys have all the power when it comes to because you can't a guy can't have sex with a woman against her will because that's not sex that's rape that's that's assault all right i mean that's what that's what i'm getting at so i I, these guys are they're committing a crime but you know it's going to trickle down to i mean jesus christ leanne tweeden's accusation of al franken is he kissed her during a uso performance i and and I'm like that's that's it, right? But she also I mean, accepted his apology. She's over it. She wasn't he was. scarred by it. And the only people calling for him to step down are openly doing so uh, because of political motivation. They're not, oh, absolutely! They're not even fucking absolutely. hiding it. Yeah, they, 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 they don't give more. a fuck about her. They don't Sorry? give a fuck about her. No, no, absolutely, they don't. And you know, there's. Yeah, straight up, there's people on Twitter posting shit like, you know, uh, I think that, um, I think that we shouldn't that we shouldn't uh, automatically believe uh, every woman that comes out with an a- uh, an accusation that we should investigate it, except for Al Franken, because I just don't like him. <laughs> 
because he he Trust wrote a me. book calling calling Don, or not Donald Trump. Uh, oh, Rush Limbaugh, a big fat idiot. So we don't like <laughs> him. Right. Trust me, I get it. Al Franken is a smug asshole, but at the same time, like, I'm, you might as well type at the end of that tweet. But her emails, though, because that's just that's. Which should have been at the end of Trump's too, because it's what you're doing. Oh, it's Funny. all what aboutism. Oh, oh, it's it's now time to talk about Bill Clinton. You know, <laughs> like oh, you <laughs> you want to talk like oh, Trump can't can't criticize uh, Al Franken. Well, what about Bill Clinton? Huh? Let's talk about that. Okay, that's fine. We can have that conversation. But if we're going to prioritize these conversations, let's start with the people in power. And then we can go back retroactively and all decide how we felt about that, about anything that happened in the past. Well, let's talk about what's going on right now. Yeah, that that his I, I forgot his quote unquote apology for the grabbing by the pussy comments, and NPR played it like on a on a on a half hour loop every time. His apology. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, his, I, well, I did the air quotes, apology, yeah, from a year ago where he's like, yes, I did say some things that were uh, exaggerated, the locker and room I was joking speech. around, but, you know, right. I, there's a world of difference between joking around and actually being a sexual predator and being an enabler of a sexual predator, right. like Bill and Hillary, and I was <laughs> right. like... Right, right, right. So what kind of apology? Just a five-year-old's apology. I'm sorry I broke oh. the dish, but Johnny's parents let him break dishes. <laughs> We're not talking about Johnny. What are you five? Stop it. Yeah, um, a yeah. reporter asked uh, Kathy about. It. I mean, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders <laughs> about what's the difference between what what uh, Al Franken was accused of and what Donald Trump was accused of, and she said, "Well." First of all, Al Franken has admitted that he has done something wrong and that the president has not. <laughs> like, I think she meant that. I don't think that came out the way that she meant it to. But that, that is what she said. The difference is Al Franken admitted it is wrong and the president hasn't. She's not wrong. She's 100% right. I think she means, I think she, she assumes that, that we would. Uh, would think that it's because he didn't do anything wrong. But it really comes off more as he's just not admitting. It's a dangerous game of Mad Libs you're playing there, Sarah. <laughs> you don't want us filling in those blanks. Uh, it's just, God, it's such a clusterfuck. I mean, and, and honestly, I was... I got to say, when I was listening to NPR and like they, they were saying, you know, well... There's photo- photographic evidence of Franken groping Miss Tweeden. And I'm like, mm-hmm. all right. I, part of me was like, you know what? I get it. Because NPR, let's be honest, it's got a liberal slant to it. Like, I mean, like in a big what? bad way. I mean, uh-huh. it, it, wait, wait, don't tell me. If it was on in the 60s, it would be called wait, wait, don't draft me. All right? I mean, come on. It's just fucking... I get it, but and they're and they're trying to be as level-handed as they can, but it's like guys, you're you're picking the wrong person. You really want to shit on someone who has supported people on the left and done some really horrific shit. There's plenty of fucking accusations right. flying around that aren't Al Franken. That even the the so-called victim is like, 
I mean, I'm not saying he he shouldn't, you know, he should step down. He shouldn't be a senator. He shouldn't be, you know, he should he should lose his career. Which which makes me kind of think, though, why the fuck, if that's the case, why the fuck did you come out? What I mean, like, if, if you're going to downplay what he did after you say what he did, why did you come out to the press like that? I mean, I haven't heard her statement like heard i've heard you know people quote it but i haven't heard it so i don't get the context of it was she have you guys heard it yeah she was on a uh she was on a she was doing an interview on some tv news show where they all scream at each other but yeah it was it was broadcast it wasn't like it was like she held a press conference and was like you know i want to say this no it was she was having a conversation on tv with somebody Okay. All right. See, that's okay. That that to me is a little bit different than the people coming out against Roy Moore, et cetera, et cetera. Or yeah, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Because that, that, yeah, to not call if she didn't call a press conference and all that, and no, it was just a conversation on a on a talk show or something. I can understand it a little bit more then. I one hundred percent what this is, and this is not even a conspiracy theory. I truly believe this. Fox News went searching high and low to find a Democrat in office, currently in office, that they could they could run their name through the mud, so that they could try and and do some of their uh, you know both sides are corrupt mumbo jumbo bullshit, and found her found this woman who had this story about Al Franken, and just pounced on it. Well, I mean, they let's be honest, they did it with fucking Milo. He told almost the exact same story as George Takei did on Howard Stern, but he said yep. it on, on Joe Rogan, and they savaged him, basically put him in timeout for almost a year, you know? And he the, the story is almost verbatim the same story George Takei told, which is a whole... The accusations against him is a whole other thing, because... I've listened and watched enough Howard Stern to know that uh, you put naked men around George Takei, he gets awfully handsy. And he just gives that big laugh of his and goes, oh, my. And everything, everybody just laughs at it because it's, it's Sulu grabbing some guy's cock. Pretty good impression you do there, Rich. So, Like I said, I've, I've watched and listened to a lot of Howard Stern. <laughs> so, I mean, it's... Yeah, I, but to get back to the the main point, the yes. hypocrisy. Like I, I should have known it was. I mean, I knew, I knew, I knew well, it was coming on a level, but I just didn't. I didn't think it'd be so blatant. Oh, I but know, I, but the, I, the thing like NPR bent over backwards in order to give the idea of fairness, and <laughs> Alabama voters, the Alabama GOP, just nakedly embraced Roy Moore while criticizing Al Franken. Oh, the best part and is 35. It, it makes zero sense. I did, and it, because it's not about anyone's behavior. They're moralists. They don't care about the character. They care about what, are the, what do they say they're going to do for us. That's all, that's all that matters. 35 percent, 35% of registered voters in Alabama who were polled said they're more likely to vote for more since the accusations have come out. And NPR actually had reporters on the ground in Alabama 
interviewing people, and multiple people said, as long as he runs as a Republican, no matter what he does, he has my vote. Right. This is what you get when everything is us versus them. Right. And in the but in the same way that Fox News went out and wanted to find a story of somebody currently in office that was had some kind of accusation that they could flout all across the news, you know, the Washington Post did the exact same thing. The difference, though, here being that they found a lot more accusers that all had the same story of old dude preying on young women. They found a they found a real story and a real problem, and Fox News didn't. Well, I mean, God. But since it's all just politics, guys, and we don't care if hey, you know, if you got to rise to the level of like a judge or DA or or possibly even a senator, well, you deserve all the young teenage women that you sh- you can get. That's what Alabama is saying. Collectively, we're okay with old dudes dating our teenage daughters. Well, guys, think about this. How fucking creepy do you got to be to be banned from a mall? I know, right? For stalking teenage girls. Mm-hmm. Like, what was he doing? Sitting outside the footlocker just staring while they try on shoes and shit? What is worse, getting banned from the mall or Gene Simmons getting banned from Fox News? What's lower? <laughs> It, well, Fox News has banned people before. We used to smoke in the mall, fight in the I mall. It, I, we never got banned, so I, it's like you got to really actively try. In my opinion, saying. I, I I think Gene Simmons was probably more offended. Like when they finally had to sit down Roy Moore and tell him he couldn't come back, he's like, "Well, no, I get it." And Gene Simmons was like, "Wow, I thought I was home. Like, I thought this was my safe space." Well, you can't just take your shirt off. This isn't take your shirt off Friday. I come on the wrong day. Oh, God. I mean, Siri, I, I just, that whole thing down there, that just, I sorry to any listeners in the South, but this is why I can't live down there. I, I, y- y'all, it is a different, when, <clears throat> when people say it's a different world down there, if you've never lived down there, you don't know how correct that statement is. It is a different world. I mean, the fact that someone brought up when a 32-year-old is accused of fucking a 14-year-old, the fact that people brought up Joseph and Mary in his defense should tell you all you need to know. The last, that is the last, the last two people I'm bringing up when someone starts talking about someone fucking a child is... You know, that's a lot like uh, the story of Jesus. How the <laughs> fuck do you get that? And that, uh, and that is they, just connecting they threw dots everything at the wall. The there was uh, oh shit, it was there was a letter that was signed in support of Roy Moore. It was signed by like I think it was like damn near fifty uh, you know, religious leaders from across the state, pastors and and reverends and what have you. It was doctored. It was from years ago. And he changed the dates and changed some information on it and put it out there like all these pastors had come forward to support him in light of these allegations of sexual abuse. Forcing then these religious leaders to go to the press and say, this is bullshit. We didn't, we didn't say this. We're not supporting him on this. 
Wow. But it all, if it all, it all drives the narrative of persecution, right? This, the reason that Alabamans, if that's what they call them, are standing behind this person is because Roy Moore is them. They are Roy Moore. You know, they are the quote-unquote minority now. They're a minority just for the color of their skin or their opinions that they have. They're being persecuted in this country. You can't say Merry Christmas anymore, and you can't express your religion, and you can't be misogynist, and you can't be racist anymore, and they're telling us how to think and how to feel about things. And now they're going to come in and decide what senator we can have represent us. The damn right we're going to stand behind him. He's being... this is. It, he's being prosecuted by the liberal media, so automatically he's our friend. The enemy of, the, of my enemy is my friend. Yeah, this yeah. is what you get when everything is us versus them. You're going to get it on both sides of the fence. This blind devotion just based on my side. My side's better. Keep it up, everybody. Right, but, this, okay, but... This is what, but, but, this, this is what you get. Chris, what do you do when your site is better? Do you just not talk about it because it's gross? I don't know. I mean, do you, I, like, I, I, I understand I, your, your, your point being made of, of things that divide this country, but there's certain things that divide our country because some people are, are on the right side of human rights and progress and other people aren't. Correct, but when you expand us versus them into everything, that's how this happens. This, I think I guess my point well, is pick your spots. There's a time and a place for we're better than you. I mean, I guess. No, I think there's I, a reason and a cause, not a time and place. I think pick your reason and cause is better than picking a time and place. Time and place is when it needs to be said. Guys, let me ask you a question. Yeah. I, mean, I understand that we have we have a fairly we draw from all sides of the political spectrum, the three of us with our with, with our political beliefs and all this, but I mean, I, I think for the most part, we kind of definitely socially lean to the left, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Did it, it, did the, when the Al Franken accusation popped up? Was the first thought in your mind, or one of the first, one of the first thoughts in your mind? Oh God, they. Oh man, the Democrats better do something to protect themselves from this. Or was it, man? Wow, fuck, he fucked up. I mean, because I know what my first thought was, and it wasn't to, to oh, the poor Democratic Party. It was, you know, he fucked up. Well, on, honestly, my and first was, thought oh, come on. was I didn't believe it. And I don't know the yeah. person, but, like, I've listened to multiple interviews with him. I've read multiple books read, written by him. Same here. Yeah. I've, I've followed his career through SNL and whatever the fuck else he did after that. <laughs> oh, and that you know the spot in trading places where he gets raped by a gorilla <laughs> look the desk we, we all, everyone forgets about that <laughs> he gets raped but, by a gorilla no wait a minute wait a minute it's not him that gets raped is it it's the fucking it's the guy that was stealing the shit for the oh old. yo you're right you're right he, he puts yeah, him in there he's like which which one do you think no, that's is right. he's just guy? he's extraordinarily racist in trading places that's right when he's taunting the gorilla well anyway i didn't believe it you know and i sure was it it, did i not believe it because i didn't want to believe it sure 
I also don't know, and I had to look into it more. Was, that that was my honest first reaction to it. Is like this stinks of bullshit. This I automatically thought that it must be politically motivated in some fashion. Because why the fuck are they going after Al Franken? I mean, I I don't know, guys. Maybe it's I don't. My mind doesn't go to I you know the party who I who I, I tend to favor more than the other. Oh my God! How's this going to affect them? I mean, eventually that comes because everything's so much political theater in this fucking country at this point. It comes out eventually, but it's not. My first instinct isn't to go, "Well, he's a Democrat, and I like them more than I like the Republicans," so that means he's innocent. No, no. absolutely. I mean, if the, if I heard a story about Joe Biden, I was like, "Oh, that kind of tracks." I mean, I mean, yeah, I creepy Uncle Joe. I could picture getting a little drunk at Thanksgiving, a little too handsy. Right. Like I, I, I could picture that real easy. <clears throat> but I mean, I, I, I just, I, I agree with you, Chris. This is the fallout of taking politics, and 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 instead of giving us bread and circuses, we turned politics into bread and circus for us. It's now our entertainment, and politics is, it's it's a team, and you pick your favorite players on the team, and you root for them no matter what. I mean, we, we do a podcast with one of them. We know the types. Well, yeah, clearly they're not paying attention to the numbers. People are still supporting Trump, still supporting the Republicans. And meanwhile, they're trying to increase taxes on most of their own base. I mean, the fact that, uh, the fact that all, while I'm sure they'd rather us debate you know, the latest uh, se- sexual assault scandal, as long as it's not involving, you know, somebody that they're trying to get into office. Uh, because uh, meanwhile, while we're all having this conversation, they're trying to rush through a tax plan that they claim the average citizen will get, will save $4,000 a year on, the, on taxes paid. Hey, anyone else, um, anyone else the time of that? The week Al Franken's being shoved at us, this whole tax bill thing's just happening. Didn't we all say it two, three weeks ago when this first shit first started? Okay, how are they going to take advantage of this to shove something through? Mm-hmm. Because this is going to distract everybody. This is going to be on everybody's lips. All this, all the sexual harassment and assault shit. And politicians are, if they're anything, they're opportunist. They're going to go, oh. The, the right hand is real busy distracting them. Get the left to do something devious. Well, the it's not a popular tax plan, and they're trying to... The Senate is going to vote on it after their Thanksgiving break. I'm not sure exactly how soon after Thanksgiving that's going <laughs> so to what, happen. So like middle December? Yeah, uh, probably. So... We'll see if it actually gets to the Senate. The House passed their version, but the Senate's version that they're putting together looks pretty different. But, I mean, just looking at the government's own scores on on what this is going to look like, it's going to be a huge hole in the deficit, which is part of the reason why they the Senate may not get its majority vote on this. That's probably the m- most reason. I mean, they don't give a shit that it any quote-unquote entitlement programs get cut or anything like that. It's just the deficit hawks that are actually going to tie this thing up. And uh, 
Yeah, the, the way the numbers come out, anybody making less than $70,000 is going to pay more taxes, and everybody making over $100,000 is going to pay less in taxes. So the, the Goldilocks zone is between seventy and 100000 Yeah, if so you make seventy and 100000 you're just neutral. Neutral. Go hit the donate button right. at ChristopherMedia.net. So it, it almost, <laughs> get into it that almost looks intentional, right? If you are making less than $70,000 in this country, you probably have some sort of financial troubles. Maybe it's not that you... Maybe you don't have as much savings as you would like to. You're not prepared for retirement. Or maybe you are living check to check, you know? Maybe you have to make a lot of hard decisions about where you spend your money when it comes to just things like, I kind of need new shoes, but I also need to make sure I have enough groceries until I get paid again, so I'll just put some duct tape on these ones and keep going. You know, It's almost like they specifically targeted that group. They said, where do people really start to feel comfortable in this country with how much money they're making and feel like they have enough in savings and have enough to go out and spend and have enough to buy nice things and feel good? Oh, it's seventy to a hundred thousand dollars. Okay, let's start there. Tax everybody underneath that more, and everybody above that less, and punch a huge hole in the deficit. So that not only will we try and keep the boot on the neck of the poor guy, but we'll make sure that their kids are born with that boot on their neck too. That they'll be saddled with this debt. So it's really disgusting. On top of the fact that it cuts things like well. They managed to find a, a yet another way to hobble Obamacare by getting rid of the um, the mandate, which is, I mean, I have to be honest, it was my least favorite part of Obamacare, even though I understand that it doesn't work without it, the tax penalty. Well, I mean, oh, God. Yeah, and I just, I keep going back to, 2012 and Romney and Obama in a debate and Romney coming out against, uh, you know, the Affordable Care Act. And I'm just sitting there going, does no one realize that he passed this in Massachusetts? Right. It's almost the exact same health care bill. Stole your idea and represented it to you. And you said, that's shit. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He's just mad. (laughs) It's and, and 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 it made more like, sense coming from Mitt Romney though because your shirt's who, ugly. It's your shirt, motherfucker. Yeah, well, it looks ugly on you. Though. <laughs> Fat people shouldn't wear silk. That's what I'm saying. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you sweat too much. All right, <laughs> looks like your shirt's hitting about six G's. All right, <laughs> but no, or if I'm you're hitting- on Twitter, you just post the Spider-Man gif or uh, picture where he's pointing at himself. You know that one. <laughs> Where he sees like another person dressed as Spider Man. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I see no, I, Pulp Fiction and he says, "Ha ha, motherfucker, the year clothes." He looks like a couple dorks, but no. I, well, how do you, how do we not see this pattern though? Like uh, we see a Republican administration come in, cut taxes for the rich and for corporations, tell us that it's all going to rain down on us, and then we end up with a huge deficit and massive unemployment and a recession. Yes. I mean, it, ha- it happens every, it's happened every time. It's going to fucking happen Correct. again. Like, every time, at the tail, by, the, by the time the Republicans done doing what they're doing, 
Our economy is fucking shit. And then a Democrat comes back in, puts things straight again, starts gathering steam, and everybody goes, well, that, but they'll argue, oh, boy. But they'll argue, well, the, well that's just uh, that's the effects of uh, what the Republican did, and the Democrats now reaping the benefits. Really? Coincidentally? Every time? Every time right. it just happens that way. Well, the thing is, it takes a lot longer to put an economy back together than it does to tear it apart. So by the time, oh, by the, time the economy got back on track this last time, Obama was out of time. He's like, okay, well, I've done as much as I can. I try to help to leave it in good hands, and sure enough, he leaves it in the hands of a conservative that's going to fuck it up again. Meanwhile, riding the high of all the success of the pri- previous president. Oh, look at where the Dow's hitting. Oh, it's record highs and record low unemployment. And oh, this market is up, and the stock market loves me. Like, you think this shit happens overnight? Do you think any wrong? of this shit happens overnight? My 401k is loving a Donald Trump presidency. Like, it's at a point where I want to sell it to, like, not lose the money. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, like, I just want to sell it and rebuy what I have just so I don't lose the money. It is like, it's so high, I'm waiting for the, the other shoe to drop. I'm just saying. It's the one part of me that likes the Donald oh, it's Trump coming. presidency. My retirement. But anyway. Um, well, <laughs> Yeah, but that's not going to last. I know. That's you what I'm give saying. Him, you give him eight get years and he's going to run it into the hole. Yeah, absolutely. Get out high. I, yeah. Well, it's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, it was really interesting gonna, listening, to a, listening to a debate about the, the, the tax plan um, and listening to the person trying to defend it and the person who is just basically going... I'm not attacking it or defending it. I'm just pointing at historically what happens when we do this. And it always ends this way. And it never works out the way you say it's supposed to. And I find it funny that conservatives are the ones who are saying this time will be different. Because anytime anyone brings up socialism, you guys point to just failed history of socialism and go, oh, well, it it, it never works out. Historically, it never works out. And what do you say? What do you to people who are defending socialism? What do you say to them when they go? Well, that's because it wasn't real socialism. You laugh at them, and whenever we're pointing out to you that this tax plan isn't going to work because we've been here before, been there, done that, got the T-shirt. You guys are going. Well, it wasn't done the right way before. This is the, this is the right way to do it. Right. Yeah. It's well, the this same time it'll shit. be different. No, actually, it won't be different. What will be different is eventually you'll be dead. The so-called death tax will be abolished. Your kids will get all your fucking money. And it won't matter to you because, again, you'll be dead. <laughs> you won't have to face the cries from the people that are saddled with all this debt. They have to figure out how to put this all back together because you're gone. Now, correct me so if I'm wrong. But, but science is getting... Science and medicine has come, come a long way. We have well, ways to keep you alive and make you regret your decisions today. Well, hold on a sec, because I just want to make sure I'm right on this. Isn't the death tax, like, it's you have to be passing on, like, upwards of $5 million and above, right? No, uh, it's $100 million. It's $100 million? Oh, I'm, I, I misspoke, 100000 I'm sorry. Uh, it's 100000 and up is where the... Um, I mean, that's basically they take. I think it's more than half. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. Hundred thousand's awful low to be taking over half. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I think you need to be. That better start with an M. 
You know what I'm saying? Before you start taking half. But I mean, if it was a hundred million, oh, oh, what am I going to do with fifty million dollars? Boy, I'm pissed. Right. Damn, though, they're raw well, though. They're like Bernie well, Mac and Bad Santa. But like, but you know, there's no clear. <laughs> there's no clear. <laughs> it's not a. There's no good and bad with with money, right? There's no clear evil or good choice with any of these things. A lot of it, certainly, it's from the matter of perspective, whether you have a lot of money or you have very little money, whether you think certain policies are good or bad for you personally. What makes it the difference here is the perspective, what you put it in, in contrast to. When you put the death tax, as the Republicans like to call it, and I'm going to call it that because I can't remember what the real term is for it, but uh, when you put that up against... Uh, how much we spend on our military. I'm like, yeah, this is ridiculous. Why don't we get rid of this death tax and reduce the amount of money that we put into our military because it's way too much? That makes sense. But when your plan is to put that up against uh, increased taxes for the middle class, well, no, that doesn't make any sense. Sure, I'd like to get rid of this death tax. I don't think I think it's it's too big of a bite. It doesn't make sense to me. But weighing that against, it's either, we'll get rid of this death tax, and then we'll increase taxes on people making twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars in this country. That makes no sense to me. Well, I, I, I to me, a hundred thousand is that is way too low. I mean, unless I'm I, wrong, I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure it's in that neighborhood, though. I mean, I'm thinking that, like, a life insurance policy, can they hit you with taxes for that, or is it just the estate itself? Um, you know, yeah, this is, it's property, valuables, whatever, the estate, Got you. yes. Got you. Okay, so life insurance policy, well, I mean, of course, estate would also include, what, stocks, bonds, whatever, yes. investments and shit, but yes. a life insurance policy, because, I mean... That would be separate. Yeah, I mean, you can take a, a family of four... And the dad's got a hundred thousand dollar life insurance policy on him. He dies, and let's say the mom, you know, worked, but she wasn't the primary breadwinner. Fifty grand—that's gone in a year. You oh, know, right. I mean, well, you know, I mean, for, for fifty grand might be gone just in the funeral. I, hey, 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 we're bereaved. We're not suckers. I mean, I'm just saying, give me a fucking right. Folgers can. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's dead. He don't care. Trust me. He ain't biggie. He don't need a gold coffin. Maybe put his ass in that fucking Seika can. <laughs> hey, I do have a number, by the way, according to bankrate.com. Uh, it is $5.45 million. Before they the, hit amount of an est- the amount of an estate that is not subject to taxation, known as the exemption, uh, it's $5 million, and it's indexed each year for inflation. Uh, for the 2016 tax year, the exemption is 5.45 oh. million. Okay, well, I take it back then. Okay, well then I'm going to say this, and this is coming from a poor person, so suck it. But uh, if 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 Great Uncle Jethro, who had five million in his estate, died and left it to me, and they handed me 2.5 million, I'm not boohooing that hard over the 2.5 right. to the government. You know what I'm saying? I'm 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 going to be okay with my my my, my measly a <laughs> modest inheritance of 2.5 million. Just 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 one and a half million more than 
then Trump's daddy loaned him to start his business. You know, I'm going to be fine with that. Now, I, I mean, I get it. If you're rich, you want as much money as you can, you, you, and you don't want to, you know, you don't want to well, share sure, your the, shit. The, I'm sure you'd meet that one guy, like he's talking to a guy at the bar, and you're like, dude, I inherited $2.5 Yeah, but, you know, if the government didn't dip their fingers in, you'd have five. Okay, yeah, but if I lived in Russia, I'd have zero. So <laughs> I yeah. still, I'm still a millionaire, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right now, yeah. shut up and buy me a drink, then millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I just I I, uh, I mean I there's not here's the deal. There's nothing that any of us can do about it. It's gonna pass or it's not. But I mean I I, I do. Maybe it's the, the sources of the news I listen to because I'm back on the road quite a bit. So I, I you know. NPR is my best friend because I'm not brain damaged, so I can't listen to to, to radio <laughs> for music. Uh, I, I doesn't seem like it has a whole lot of support. And no, it doesn't. It seems, and it seems this like is they're trying also to get the really word important out. too, because this is the legislation that the money wants to see passed. And then when I say the money, I'm talking about money from the. Koch brothers from large corporations that flows into Republican Republican candidates' pockets in order to... You know, they could give a fuck about what they want to say or do about immigration or whatever else they, they try and get passed. That's just all window dressing. All that the donors want to know is that they're going to get to hold on to more of their money. And when that can't even happen, the money is going to start to go somewhere else. And when that money goes somewhere else, so goes the influence that those uh, candidates have and the amount of support that they can even get from the people. Because, you know, most of us don't even realize how much we're being spoon-fed these things. Yeah, I, 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 th I definitely think if, if this gets passed and it comes from the the money side of the GOP um, and it takes effect before 2020, there's going to be people who are going to go, oh, we're going to take note of who fucking voted for this. I can only hope they do and vote accordingly. I mean, if it does it, like, if it does affect 70,000 and under, the, the way you're saying, then you have to be stupid to keep voting against your best interests at this point. I mean, 70,000, okay, they're taking what? 23% somewhere around there in taxes, all right? Mm -hmm. Now they're going to hit you. It's going to be an extra four grand, all right? And then healthcare, they ain't done shit to replace and make it affordable like you said they were going to. Premiums are only going to go up. I mean, I was listening to, to uh, uh, a person talk about how they spent Twenty seven thousand on healthcare last year, and they just told them it's going up by another fifteen percent this year. Yeah, think about oh, that. Uh, the, the, there's another part of this where that they're getting rid of a provision that allows you to write off on your taxes medical expenses paid. Yeah, that so was there's going to be people that. I mean, this would be the difference between just getting by in bankruptcy. Yeah, I, I. I I hate to say this because I know that 
that Obamacare has helped a lot of people in a lot of ways, but it really is a case of if it ain't poor, it really if you ain't poor, it really don't work for you. I mean, no, I, I absolutely, you know, and I think it's only purpose really. Obamacare's only purpose wasn't to actually succeed and be a successful program on its own. It was to show people that there are alternatives and it showed a lot of people that there's certain things that they want and expect from their government and that health care was actually one of those things. Well, I mean, there has to be there has to be something done here because, I mean, no it's doubt. getting to the point that we're talking, you know, they're taking 20 percent. Let's just let's just round it down. 20 percent of your check in taxes. And that's just payroll taxes. That's not taxes you pay on every single fucking thing you purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'll go as low as let's say it's costing your average person 15 grand a year for health care if, if their uh, employer doesn't provide it. That's, that's a one, two bedroom apartment. You're spending as much on health care as you are on keeping a roof over your head. That's an issue. And I mean, I, I have friends who they can't get subsidies, and they don't even claim twenty one thousand on their taxes. They make too much. Where are they supposed to pay yeah. for all this shit from? And especially if this if the the subsidies get cut like they want, what are you what are you going to do? I mean, you are you, you going to sell your car? You going to move in to a, a one bedroom studio apartment? fully furnished, sell all your furniture and work your job and hey, but at least I have health care and I'm not and and, and mm-hmm. a roof over my head. I don't have money for anything else. I have to take public transportation, which doesn't exist in the city I live in. But well, you know Yeah, it it's kind of to me it's about there's this idea that uh that part of politics is compromise, right? that we have to find a middle ground on a lot of ideas, that a lot of things that we want to accomplish. But I think we also have to get our heads around the fact that there's some things that you can't compromise. You have to either go all in or not. Now, if you want to talk, if you want to have a discussion about whether we should be having programs, assistance programs for anyone in this country, fine, let's have that discussion. Should we have welfare? Should we have unemployment? Should we have uh, um, social security in in this country? I'm down for that discussion. Let's debate it. But if we've gotten to the point where we've decided that these are programs that we want, we have to make sure that they cover all the way up into the point where they stop being productive. Assuming and understanding that there's always going to be people that take advantage of any situation given to them, there's always going to be people putting their hands out and spitting in your face at the same time, and you're not going to change that about human nature. If you're going to have a program that you want to help people, you have to make sure it goes all, that there isn't this gap. Because what you're doing when you say, well, we want to help people, but we only want to help the really poor and needy, right? So if you make you know, less than 15000 well, then, yeah, you can get your food stamps and you, you can get your, your government assistance and your Obama phone and all that. But if you're making 20000 which is, is still a fucking shit living in a fucking shit apartment with a fucking shit car, but 
you make too much for us to actually give you any assistance, well, then your program does nothing, right? Your program doesn't set a path for anybody. It shows you a dividing line where you can decide to either work harder to get out of your current situation or just go, well, or I could work a little less and just say fuck it and be on government assistance. That's the problem. And that's what I don't understand. If you if you are a uh, hardcore libertarian, Republican, why you wouldn't want to take money from programs that in- incentivize not working and put right. it towards programs to where, hey, we'll pay for some sort of job training, you know, so, vocational training even, something, you know, HVAC, whatever the fuck, something to get you into a field to where unless you're a complete fuck up and just don't want to work, within, you know, a handful of years, you can be making enough to, 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 to stand on your own two feet. No, you're not going to have a yacht. No, you're not going to go vacation in fucking the Bahamas. But right. not everybody fucking does, okay? And I, that's... That's 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 the bullshit lie that we are constantly sold is that oh these poor people are living better than you are. No the fuck they're not. I know a lot of poor people. I know a lot of poor people who live on government assistance. I'm talking generally generation to generation live on government assistance. They don't live better than fucking the average middle uh, 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 middle class person in this country. Mm-hmm. It's not all fucking roses. Okay. Right. There's there's constantly crises being averted or diverting money from one from one area of need to cover another putting shit off i mean i sit here as a 40 year old man i've had insurance through a job twice all right and my philosophy until recently when i got insurance was if the bone's not sticking out i don't go to the doctor and i mean i grew up in a poor family I saw a dentist five times when I was a child. Yeah, I got all but I got all but one of my teeth, and that one got knocked out playing basketball. You know, but I'm lucky in that aspect. I know people that are 35 that have hardly any fucking teeth in their head. But and we'd like to we'd like to paint this picture of the welfare queen, though, right? This person who collects their checks and laughs at the government. Oh, they're suckers. They're they're got this whole racket going on. Well, you know what? Yeah, you created the welfare queen because you showed the you showed that person who was on government assistance. As soon as you start to become successful, we're going to yank the rug out from underneath you. You get a job that pays you a dollar an hour more and gives you a full forty hours a week. Oh, you don't need any of this shit anymore. Oh, you're all good. It's like if they came over and you said, you know, I've got two floors in my in my house, but I have no stairs. I can't get to the top floor. How do I do that? Well, we can help you out. And they build you three quarters of a staircase. That doesn't get you to the top floor. You I'm not saying care. that you got to hold somebody's hand all the way up to the top. But when you show them that, well, here's a, there's a point right here where we stop giving a shit about you. you say, okay, well, I'm just going to work up until that point. You got to make that leap of faith from that three-quarter end of that three-quarter stairway, man. You just just, just jump. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, there, look, there, I'm not saying no that this bridge. is... There's no bridge. It's just like, there you go. Yeah, it's, yeah exactly. It's, there it so, is. 
People right can overcome Go. it. People can figure out a way to get there themselves. People can do things without government assistance. This is all possible. But what I'm saying is that you, you can't, you're just throwing tax dollars away when you're deciding that only the poorest of the poor need assistance. What you're doing is continuing to create an environment where these people are going to remain poor and remain on assistance. And whether it feels right to you or not, you may have to give some food stamps and a little bit of assistance or some government subsidized daycare or something to families who are fucking both mom and dad are working full time. I experienced this, you know? I was fucking working for a guitar center as a store manager and my wife at the time was working at night at a bar. I had a decent paying job she had made pretty good tip money, but we still couldn't afford to pay for full-time daycare so that she could go work someplace, like in an office, like she wanted to. That's why she had to work at a bar. And if I wasn't living some huge, crazy life where we were buying expensive cars, huge televisions, all this shit, we lived very modestly. No, I, and if for anyone listening who doesn't have kids... You have no idea how expensive daycare is. It's I literally, insane. I literally have friends who both had careers. They had a kid, and once they started looking into daycare, they had to decide which one. They had to take a, a risk and gamble, and decide which one was going to have the the better career and the more upward mobility in their career because yeah. it was cheaper. For one of them to stop working and take care of the kid than it was it's to get daycare. Up. Right. You look at the math and you go, well, it's going to cost us $25,000 a year for daycare for both these kids. And so even if you land a job where you manage to start out at thirty grand, even if that were possible, then you did what? Spent every day away from your kids for five grand a year? That still doesn't track. Yeah. It would have to be like twice that to make you consider and have a path of upward mobility. Why go, you know, hope for that nickel raise at the office every six months just so that you can continue to just barely scrape by and just barely pay off uh, your daycare bills on top of everything else that, I mean, just families and kids are fucking expensive. I mean, I look back so, at how many times my mother pawned me off of my grandmother, and I'm not just talking on the weekends. I'm talking, like, during the week. And I think, even back then, like, to go to, like, Red Bell, I imagine she couldn't... I, I, I mean, th- we're talking, even in the 80s and late 70s, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars in free daycare she used my grandmother for. Yeah. And my grandmother worked full-time at State Farm. Full-time, 55 hours a week, and then came home and took care of me. And I wasn't even her damn kid. I was her grandkid. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, and, and that's I've insane also to expect people to do that. I'm sorry, Rich. I was just saying, it's insane yeah. to expect people to do that. And, and, and when you do, well, I know life isn't fair, whatever, I get it. But if you do sure. everything right, and you wait to have kids, and you got established careers to go, okay, well, let's flip a coin and see which one of us is going to fucking give up our career. And our education and our experience will be absolutely obsolete when we try to get back in our field once the kid's old enough to come home and, you know, take care of themselves. Which, by the way, was like 
that age just keeps going up because I was eight, nine years old coming home and it was a latchkey kid. And apparently you do that these days, they throw you under the jail. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, you know, I, 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 parents these days to leave a 10 year old kid at home by themselves for four hours after school, they're horrified at the idea. That was just everyday life for me. Yeah. You know, don't get, here's, here's the rules. Don't set the house on fire. Don't Don't use the stove. Don't kill. Don't use the stove. Don't kill anybody, including yourself or the animals. And don't don't get lost. Don't wander someplace where you you don't know where the fuck you're at. Because if you call me and I have to come looking for you after working all day, I'm gonna be pissed. I'm gonna work that ass over. Those were the rules. Yeah, my my parents started leaving me alone with my sister like eleven, twelve, maybe. Yeah, that was the rule. Like, don't use anything with fire, and keep your sister alive. You know, the end. Here's the phone number where I'm going to be. Exactly. I mean, I'm... Kids, I'm, kids are resilient. I'm, I'm glad that... And this is going to be fucked up sounding. Because I wasn't really thrilled at the time because I knew the odds were going to be stacked against my daughter when I was so young when I had her. But I'm glad now because... And I can say it now that it... I did have her when I was that young because it's worked out way better than it had any right to. And I'm not going to be 50 years old going, oh, shit, you know, my kid's just graduating high school. She's starting to drive, blah, 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 this and that. Because I don't imagine I'm being in a much better situation at 50 than I am at 40. You know what I'm saying? I mean... I just didn't make the decisions that that, 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 they, that present that type of life to me. You know, I gambled on myself and, and, and tried to make a living playing music, not even be a rock star. Didn't work out. You know, that's 10 years down the drain. You know, that's 20 to, to well, that's more than 10. It's 20 to 31. It's 11 years. You know, then boom, it's take any job that'll have me. Oh, by the way, I have all this debt hanging over my head. You know, I mean, it's just... And my story isn't unique. I mean, I, I, most of my friends have some variation of that story. I mean, I have friends who are now entering their 40s and for the first time in their life are walking on a car lot and buying a car off a car lot. Because all they've ever been able to do is open up the newspaper and look for a beater. You know, and they're 40. It's taken me to almost 40 to become a homeowner. Like, if you listen to how our parents came out, that's, that's late. Like, it's it's just... it's. Yeah, yeah, I confess, I, I, I'm over 40, and I'm still not a homeowner. But yeah, in well, I must have been like oh, 27, 28, somewhere around there, when I basically I had a friend who purchased a house, and <clears throat> I was like, how the fuck did you get a house? And he introduced me to his realtor, and they were like, got me approved and everything. And I almost pulled the trigger on it. And I'm so glad I didn't because there's no way I made enough to afford the loan that they wanted to give me. And I watched seven years later as everybody lost their fucking houses and ended up with thousands of dollars of debt. Yeah. So, that, so I'm that, glad I didn't get a house. If you, if you, <laughs> he's I had probably getting you into an arm. That's what fucked everybody. Yeah. But, it, was, it was something. Oh, yeah. The adjustable rate mortgage. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Where you're like, oh, you know, you're because people get into it and they're figuring, well, I'm just starting out in my career and I could only afford to pay 600 a month now, but 
But by the time it, it balloons up, I'll be making a lot more money. Well, yeah, wrong, you didn't sir. account for you didn't account for your mortgage payment to go from six hundred to twenty two hundred. Yeah, because that's and what fucking happens. I mean, I I had friends. Parents. Arms are made too for you to pay the principal down. Like that's what you're supposed to do. So when it does adjust, you know, it's supposed to be a huge rate on right. But less they also principal. don't educate. Yeah, they don't educate you on that because they don't want yeah. you to. They just pay go here. Principal is not profit. Yes, they do not like. Just try and <laughs> in most loans, when you like, if you get a car loan and you sign terms for like five years now, six years sometimes, they're they're doing car loans for you will pay penalties for paying it off early. They'll say, okay, well, we'll let you pay down the principal, but mm, you got to give us some more money for that. Why? Because they're not making any money off of the principal. Oh, which yeah. is oh, well, I mean, the whole. <laughs> I mean, let's just be honest. The whole. The whole thing with how credit works in this country is is one big scam. I mean, if okay, let's say I go to Guitar Center, no five for six months, no interest. If I pay it off in six months, my credit rating doesn't go up. Why? Because I'm not in debt. Wait, what? I got to be in debt to have a credit, a, a good credit rating? Yeah, but right. it's got to be yeah. the right kind of debt. No, but you'll get a couple of points for for paying something off. No, but no, you won't make payments. You make zero payments because you're not paying any. You're not accruing any interest during that period. So what he's saying is, if you don't pay it off, if you make no payments on that, then even though you've held credit for this amount of time, it shows there's no credit history. I I'm not even going to lie, guys. I, I the financial part of my education was basically my parents at 17 throwing me into the deep end of the pool and saying, swim, bitch, and figure it out for yourself. Are you kidding me? Look, that's everybody's experience. Unless they, unless you were specifically interested in <laughs> economics as a kid, you didn't learn anything about it, right? Yeah, most, they were trying, were to, addition trying to fucking cram geometry into my skull, and I've never seen a checkbook in my life. They didn't even show me how to apply the basic math of addition and subtraction to everyday life before they just went, okay, well, I guess uh, what comes after dividing fractions because we know that's going to come up often. Um, oh, yeah, geometry. Like, you're going to need to calculate area often. <laughs> Bitch, I'm not going to be a fucking architect. Teach yeah, exactly. Shit. Exactly. If I if I if I go into a field that needs that type of mathematics, then I'll learn that type of mathematics. Yeah. But but right now I need to learn how to do stuff like oh I don't know make sure there's a roof over my head and the utilities are on at the end of the month right. because mommy and daddy ain't no fucking roadmap. You know, I mean, I, and and that's the thing. It's it's so fucking. That is a class thing. It really is. Because in my life, as I've made friends that came from, I'll say, upper middle class, solidly middle class, aggressively middle class, <laughs> you know, like we're talking 250 grand and above a year is, is, the, is the household income. They don't have these issues with money like all my friends that came from working poor 
and myself did. It's like they just, you know, they're, they're 25 and they're talking about, I bought my starter house. And I'm walking in like, like, like Dave Chappelle from the Charlie Murphy skin. Nice house, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, this is great. This is wonderful. I'd live here for the rest of my life. Oh, it's my starter house. Right. Really? Your starter house? Starter house? The fuck is that? Dude, I- I lucked into my house like starter house, and I mean you know. Yeah, and, but, and, you but you're right because it's not it's not like it's that hard. It's not like there's some secret code that only certain people have cracked in this country. It's that there's you know people who already have the money have interest in keeping that shit on the down low because they don't want to you know they see it as, as a limited. There's only one size pie, and we all have to cut out of it is the way they see it. Somebody starts coming up in this country, well, they're just going to be taking some more of my pie. Or on the other side, it's just... Damn gross. right. We just, we, just, we just don't talk about it. It's just not... you know We don't talk about our finances. We don't like to talk about, oh, don't ask Dad how much money he makes. Yeah, oh, don't that. talk about uh, you know, the house or how much debt we might have in this family or anything like that. Yeah, you know, that's, that's just, shit, that's that's just for dad to worry me. about, and we, we shouldn't even know. And yeah, that, see, that's that bullshit they pimped on me and my family. It was it was like the mafia when it came to finances. Right. You, know, you, you never were supposed to know anything about finances. Excuse me, I'm sorry, but I bet you successful people who want to make sure their family's successful have these conversations, right? Right. You know, like, Oh yeah. If I'm going to leave you a bunch of my money, then we're going to have a conversation about what the fuck you're going to do with it. Exactly. Exactly. Like, you know, Hey, look, this is what you do. This is what you don't do. Blah, blah, blah. Now, if the person, if you, if you lay out the groundwork for the person and they, and they don't listen, that's on them. Right, but I mean, those these conversations never happened, and I, I, it's scary how often they don't happen. No, I mean, absolutely. I've had I've had friends whose parents have died or, unexpectedly, and I mean, we're talking to the tune of almost half a million dollars in life insurance policies were cashed, and were gone in a year, and they got nothing to show for it. And I'm like, how the fuck did you spend half a million dollars in a year and you got nothing to show for it? I'm not even, you don't even have a new wow. car. You don't even have a new car. The foundation of your house wow. is cracked. What did you do with that wow. money? Wow. That's, that amazes me right now. Maybe a little high. But damn. I mean, you know, I, I had a family member who passed. I inherited a little, a little money. I nowhere near that amount. And basically got my head back above water for the most part out of debt and took care of a bunch of health issues. That's what I did. But, I mean, I have something I can to show for it. If you'd have gave me fucking half a million dollars, guys, I don't know if you'd have heard from me again. <laughs> you might have just, you might have been like, you know, yo, yo, I guess Rich died. He just disappeared. <laughs> I'd have been living like Ted Kaczynski. Like off the grid somewhere, just You're me and my money in Idaho. Yeah, with with a mattress stuffed full of money, going stay the fuck away from me. <laughs> fuck the dog, but we're a owner. You know, what I'm saying <laughs> I'd have had a compound. Like, oh, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll trust get, nobody. <laughs> get so much pussy all the time, you just dissolved. 
<laughs> uh, pussy cost way too much money. I'd buy a fleshlight stock. <laughs> Shit. Real doll stock. Something. I uh, uh, I don't want no one. No one comes up. My, if people come up to my house, I'm like, just drop the groceries off at the end of the driveway. I'll get them later. Go. Go. <laughs> I don't even want you to see inside my house. Well, don't send your brats over here trick-or-treating trying to see what kind of TV I got. I'll kill the motherfuckers. I swear to God. Get them out of here. <laughs> I don't trust nobody. But no, seriously. I mean, and I'm not saying this in, to, to, to shit on I mean, they don't listen to the podcast, so it doesn't really matter. But it's just amazing because these were, these were not people who were, like, in their teens and 20s. These were grown people. A spouse... And grown adult children. And they had no idea what to do. They had no idea who to talk to. And here's the beauty of it. The people who know what to do don't volunteer their help. Mm -hmm. You got to go seek them out. You have to know who to ask. What do I do with this? Because the bank will just tell you, stuff it in the bank. Put it in an IRA. Right. That's what they're going to tell you to do. But you know... (laughs) Look at uh, well, you know, in a lot of Asian cultures, I think certainly it's a stereotype, but let's—it's a good one, okay? They're good. They're good with money in general, you know. You, not to say that it doesn't happen, but you don't hear as much about the Asian father gambling away or just pissing away the family's fortune, you know. And also, there is a, a cultural thing of like being open about money, not being. That being the secretive thing like it is in, in Western culture. Like, if you buy a new car, you have a discussion with your neighbor. Yeah, I bought a car. How much did it cost? How much did you get it for? You know, I think I've, I may have told you this story before, but when I worked retail at Guitar Center, I got a couple Asian customers. I think um, specifically, I don't know for sure. I want to say a Vietnamese. And... That customer talked about the PA that he bought for me and the deal that he gave him. And I had at least five or six other people just walk up to me. Some of them barely even speak English. Just hand me a piece of paper with like the same PA that I sold to that dude and the same discounted price that I'd given him on the package deal. Like, just give me what that guy got. But yeah, I mean, they, they talk about this type of thing. How much are you saving for your retirement? How much are you making at this job? What, you know, it's every culture has their own taboos of things that they think are inappropriate to talk about. In Asian cultures, that's not one of them. Money is something that you discuss like we discuss the weather, and they tend to be better off for it. I think some of that's just about, um, it might just be about shame, you know? and maybe about honor. We can't judge in the U.S. You know, if somebody inherits a million dollars, pisses it away in a year, we go, well, hey, live fast, die young, right? <laughs> Only in America, right? You know, hey, that's 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 what they wanted to do with their time. No one pulls this it, guy aside and goes, he isn't, you are an idiot. Yeah, no, nobody, fu- nobody gets close to you and goes, you're fucking all this up. Not nobody, but most people. They don't have an incentive to. They didn't have an incentive to get close to you and try and siphon off some of that cash, go out and, you know, maybe get some bottles of Dom or have some nice dinners and hang out and, you know, get a little bit of that 
residual cash rubbing up against you and then just bail when the person's bankrupt. But, you know, if you, again, if you're an Asian family and you have your next door neighbors that you've been talking about, like how much you make at your job and, and, you know, how much you're putting away for your retirement and then you piss away all your money, you're going to look like a fucking fool. You're going to look like, not only that, not only going to look down on you, but they're going to say, well, you're, that's for your family. Like you're being selfish, you know, but we, we can't judge. We can't, it's, it's gross to talk about money and we can't judge anybody and what they do with it until it's gone. And then we can call them stupid and every other thing, like you said, right? Because, because that's, that's, that's the other thing. That's, that's, that's part of the, 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 the ugliness and culture that, and, and just, I find in people that I just, it makes me go, what did, what did, what did Mark Twain say? The more people I, I know, the more I love my dog. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty close, it, I think. You know, that's like paraphrasing. That. But it's the truth, man, because it's just like it, people, when they hear something good happens, they give that that fake, oh, yeah. You know, not everybody, but but a lot of them do. But the minute, like, oh, did you hear you know, that person? Who, yeah, yeah, they, they got all that money. Yeah, they, they threw that. They fucked that up. Blah, 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 blah. They pissed that away. Ha, ah, that's what he gets, motherfucker. Blah, 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 blah. They enjoy that more than just going, you know what? God bless. Motherfucker got good. Good. I'm glad something good happened for him. You know, he finally got a break. Like, it, 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 there's just not enough of that in, in, in society and in people in general. And it's really ser- scary when it, <clears throat> when it starts being your friends that you notice aren't the ones that are ever happy for you. And that's, and, but the minute, you know, the shit hits the fan, they're the first ones to like, you know, hit you up on, on Facebook Messenger or a text and go, what happened? Give me the details. Like, get the fuck out of here, man. I don't need this shit. Seriously. I mean, I've, I've said it before. There's, there's been stretches in the last year and a half where outside of day-to-day contact with people when I'm out doing stuff, you guys are pretty much the only people I've talked to for, like, you know, weeks at a time. Just the way it is. I'm comfortable with that. I don't, I don't need yeah. a whole lot of people around me. Uh-huh. It's, is, there, is there a manifesto in your future, Rich? <laughs> no, I'm too lazy no, for that shit. Like I, make small, I make small talk and shit with the guys at work, but I, they won't even bring up uh, subjects like... Um, automated vehicles around me because <laughs> i'll just you know get on my soapbox and go off for a half hour well, that, it's, you know, i'm mocking you rich but come to think about it i don't talk to anybody i do a podcast with i don't talk to anybody else but people i do podcasts with are mandy so right. hmm. yeah like really talk like have real conversations yeah. about shit with or just hang out with quite honestly yeah. Well, I mean, I've, all, I've, I've it's a manifesto in all of our futures. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've, I've, you know, I've thought many times that, especially the older I get, that relationships are just finding someone who you don't want to beat their head against a brick wall. Pretty much, well, more than, or, 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 or that only happens few and far between, and so you just, or finding someone who hates all the same people you hate, that helps. You can just. Yes. You, you can bond with your hatred. Like or just, the same strange sense of humor. Uh, oh. <laughs> I've, I found 
one woman who shared my sense of humor and yeah, we're neither of us were ever asked to watch anyone else's children. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> like, hey, we need babysitters. What about Rich and so and so? Oh no, fuck that. Have you seen dude, some of this? Dude, we live right up the road from like four kids. We really don't we don't get asked. But hey, you know, good for us. No, every time I'll kids be- come up, I'm like, do you like binge watching Law and Order every Sunday for like nine hours? That goes away. <laughs> well, my problem is the kids show up and I'm like, hey, who here's heard of Doug Stanhope? <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, hey, we're going to educate you. Bill Hicks? <laughs> Do you know who Bill Burr is? <laughs> yeah. Today, kids, we're going to learn about Dennis Leary before Rescue Me. Because, it's, hey, when I think about it, that's my dude, my grandmother, my great grandmother literally took me to the movie theaters to go see Beverly Hills Cop 1 and 2 and Coming to America and Raw. I was 10 years old going to school reciting Raw by memory. <laughs> Hor- horrifying any adult who happened to be within earshot. What I'm talking about, you know, there ain't no pussy in the world worth half of 380 million. I'd like to meet it, <laughs> yeah. put that shit on layaway. <laughs> They're like, you're mm. dead. Where the fuck did you hear that? Mm, look mighty good in them jeans. <laughs> But that's eh, whatever. You get, you get eh. strange sense of humor, dark sense of humor. It's like uh, what was it? oh oh someone just got someone just got uh, oh someone whipped out a, a a roast Al Franken did where he was roasting uh, Rob Reiner, and apparently he made a joke about Rob Reiner's dad molesting him as a kid, and everybody was so outraged. <laughs> And so I post, I said, you know, the, the most outrageous thing is that he put, he made such a lame joke. If you're going to make a joke about butt-fucking kids, do it right. And so I posted the joke about the, the Taiwanese uh, boy whore who dies in a tsunami, and he's like, I can't catch a break, Lord. You know, come on now. <laughs> My asshole's taking on water because, you know, it has no elasticity after the Chinese New Year. Come on, man. So, you know, uh, this is how I go out. And people were just like, that is the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. And I'm like, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to offend you. Yeah. Yeah, my sense of humor is so dark, you touch it. Yeah, it's like a black hole. You end up in another universe. Right. But, too, I'd be like, have we just met? Oh, oh, yeah. Like, that's I, not it, good about people like that. Like, really? We didn't just meet. Like, I've been like this the whole time. Now I, you're I, outraged? I had a friend who lived, he moved out of state. Years ago, and when my mom died, he called me, and it was the next. It was the day after, and we're talking, and I won't go into any great detail. But when we got done with the conversation, he goes, "Anybody else I'd be kind of worried about with some of the shit you're saying, but I know you, so I know you're okay with. I mean, you're as okay as you can be with this." I'm like, "Yeah, pretty much." You know, I sorry, someone. I was watching someone waste away from cancer. At a certain point, death was a release for her. It's not like you know. At a certain point, I'm the asshole who expects, you know, when you watch a loved one suffer as they're dying, you're selfish if you go, well, I just want them to hang on just so I, just so I still have them. Fuck that, all right? Believe me, because if it was me suffering, I'd be like, come here, Chris, trip on that plug on the way out, all right? You know, I mean, I'd be, yeah. I'd anything, shoot me, kill me, something, uh, fuck that. 
Like, if I can't do it myself, help me. Seriously, put a pillow over my face and just set like a 10-pound weight on it and walk away. I'm good. But apparently that's too dark for 10-year-olds, so I don't get asked to babysit. (laughs) That's why. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when mommy gets sick, you're going to kill her, right? You know, put her out of her misery. What? What? Yeah. (laughs) Mommy, are you sick? (laughs) What'd you do, Uncle Rich? (laughs) Why, why couldn't you just molest them like normal uncles? What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Were we talking about the tax plan? Somehow, it's too. See, this is what happens. I don't know. We're, it's too I fucking late. late. <laughs> I literally have two subjects we've talked about. We've done like two hours on two subjects. What will be the third? Uh, maybe the third one will be the uh, be something good we can talk about. Is there anything? Is there anything good happening? <laughs> Star Wars comes out like a month. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I still ha- I still haven't seen any of the previews for it because I'm afraid to. I don't. I, I just want to go in blind. I, I seriously do. Out this weekend or next or Wednesday or some shit. But uh, Justice League. Yeah. Yeah, that's this weekend. Um, the Star Wars. The well, here, Rich, I can tell you one thing. The movie is going to be two and a half hours long, <coughs> and the director is already signed on to do a whole another trilogy of movies, completely separate from anything that we've heard about so far. Damn! So Disney must be like rock hard after with his result. <laughs> like it better be. They've Was got this a lot J. J. Abrams on this get movie. to do the next movie? Um, Didn't I read that I, a month or so ago? I think that is uh, what what ended up happening. They had a lot of problems trying to secure a director for the third of the. I don't know what do we call this. The the new trilogy, because you have the original, the the new trilogy. You have the original, the prequels, and the new trilogy. Okay, so the new trilogy, the third movie in the new trilogy, they had a problem securing a director for and. It just ended up going back to J.J. Abrams. So I hope you like Lens Flare. <laughs> yeah, by the way, uh, his reboot of the Star Wars movies, yeah, that kind of fizzled out. Notice that there's you're not hearing about any big plans for his fourth version of the Star Wars movies. And Wait, they, uh, are you t- I'm talking are about you, like the, the, the new ones that started in 2009. Do you mean Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Trek. Star Trek. Oh, shit. Sorry. My bad. Star Trek. Okay. Um, you were confusing me. Yes. Confusing yeah. our stars. Yeah, because, you know, he did the... Basically, he rebooted the whole universe with 2009 yeah. Star Trek. Then they did the... the. We're not going to call it the Rathacon, but the Rathacon. And then, it was. Yeah. And then we're going to hire Idris Elba, and we're going to put him in makeup so no one knows it's him. And now they have no plans for for the fourth movie, which I mean, after the third one, which I fell asleep three, four times trying to sit through, I was like, yeah, I can kind of see why. But yeah, I kind of only half paid attention to that one. I really enjoyed the first one, and I'm not really a Star Trek fan. But I, the first of the J.J. Abrams reboot Star Trek movies was just hands down a really good adventure science fiction film. Oh, definitely. And then it just kind of fizzled out from there. But yeah, it's like there's, well, I mean, I haven't seen any of the new Star Trek uh, 
TV show what was it Discovery? But from what I understand, is that they premiered one or two episodes on broadcast television, and then if you want to watch any other episodes, it's on Hulu, and you got to pay for it. Yeah, and yeah. I'm, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know how how good of that of an idea that is. Well, the word of mouth on it is it's awful. It, well, it, also, it is it's PC Star Trek. Well, it's you know I've I've heard that complaint, but then I've I actually sat down and watched a a, a guy give a review on it, and he goes, "I'm not going to go the easy route and point out all the the PC crap." He goes because that's just too easy. But what I am going to point out is that this is supposedly set ten years before the original series, and the Klingons don't look like Klingons, and they're completely reimagined, and this and this. So it doesn't make sense how it fits in. And he pointed out all the inconsistencies, and I was like, yeah, the real hardcore Star Trek fans I know, that would be enough to piss them off. Oh, right. Well, because they didn't go out to like do our, their own thing, like, this is our take on Star Trek. They were like, this is taking place in the universe that you know that you know Captain Kirk and Spock existed in, and only a decade prior to that. And yet... I mean, none of the technology seems to line up in it at all. None of the women you, are green. Right. You you have, like, you're going a decade before the original series, but your technology is more like what was in The Next Generation. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, even I didn't, even though I wasn't a big, I wasn't a fan at all of Enterprise, It that had kind of a gritty, like, not as sleek technologic, techno, tech, bleh, technologically look to it as as like the next generation did. So it was like I could kind of see where they were trying to go. Yeah, they tried to put it on a timeline. Yeah, obviously this is are. this is before we rounded everything off, and made everything sleek. It's all boxy and mechanical looking because well, that's what the fuck it looked like. Yeah, you know, but yeah, I, I think. Well, they, it's it, like in the in the Star Wars movies, the the design is so intentional in there, and it, it, you you would think that uh, if it wasn't if it wasn't for how much reverence people had for the design aesthetic of Star Wars, the newer versions would have much sleeker and cooler things because there's just a different idea of of what spaceships and technology should look like now. And also we have more that we can do with models and special effects and and all of this shit. But it had to fit inside that universe and had to fit somewhere in that timeline. So there's almost a, a reverence in the way that the new ships for movies like... Uh, um, oh, Brain Fart there. What was the the last movie that we saw before this one. The Rogue, Force Awakens? Rogue One. Oh, Rogue One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Rogue One. You know, had to... They wanted that story to take place directly before A New Hope. So they had to make sure that uh, that everything that they were making, the versions of the Stormtroopers and the, the AT-ATs and what else, that that all... It doesn't have to be exactly what we saw in the other movies, but it had to make sense in the continuum, right? And there's... Uh, 
Adam Savage talks about this a lot from Mythbusters because he used to work for uh, ILM for a while and got to work on some of the shit for the the second trilogy of movies. And there was very much it was there were some rules even for how they would design a spaceship or a piece of technology that it couldn't be symmetrical. That if you were going to put a dome and two bumps and some line on one side, then there had to be like one of the bumps missing on the other side of the ship. Because, you know, this is a rebel ship. It was part of the aesthetic originally. It was like they were cobbling these ships together from whatever they could. Yeah, exactly. I remember, yeah, because the first time I saw the the preview for The Phantom Menace, and they showed the uh, the ship from Naboo, the silver ship. Right. I was like, well, wait a minute. That looks way too shiny and futuristic for Star Wars. And then I, t- I said that to a, a friend of mine, and she goes, yeah, but it doesn't it make sense? This is before the Civil War started. This is, yes, this, this is at the time of affluence. Exactly. So, of and course. You're, and the, movie, the original trilogy that we saw was during Reconstruction. And I was like, oh, okay, all right. And it tricked me into actually giving those movies a shot. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I saw them, and I was like, what the fuck? I waited Whoops. 20 years for this? What the fuck is this? Yeah. yeah. But no, I, I think what they really need to do with this new trilogy, if they're going to go away from the Skywalker family, yeah, they need to either That's go... That's the rumor. They need to either go way far into the future of the Star Wars universe, or they need to go way back into the past, like Knights of the Old Republic video game, like three, 4,000 years before, and show how the Sith became the rule of two, where there's only two of them, and et cetera, et cetera, and, and have the all-out battles when the Sith was like, a, like, a, like, like the Jedi were, almost a religious sect, where they had their own temple, and they... They had, you know, Padawans, or their version of Padawans. I can't remember exactly what they're called. And show those all-out battles because they just... I'm burnt on nostalgia at this point. I'm good with prequels that are somehow going to tell the story of young so-and-so because I haven't seen nothing but still shots from this new Han Solo standalone movie, but I'm just looking at it going, really? That's supposed to be young Harrison Ford? Really? Right. I think I we mean, need to get past this. Like, it, I don't care how good these uh, Ryan Johnson trilogy films are. If it ends up with anybody on a moisture farm at the end of it, I'm going to be fucking pissed. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I let's <clears throat> like that's what I I liked about Rogue One. One of the one of the knocks against it was well, they showed that they introduced the Death Troopers, you know, troopers that were in all black, and they're like, right. oh. How the fuck did we go through the original trilogy and never see him? It's because you're only seeing a sliver of what's going on in that universe at that time. Death Troopers yeah. were an elite, small band of special force troopers for the Empire. It makes sense that they're not all over the place like regular stormtroopers. Regular stormtroopers are your bullet sponges. These guys were your fucking Navy SEALs. There's right. not. Uh, and yeah, and you don't see the Navy SEALs. Exactly. It's like it, you can't see it right now, but I'm doing that gif where the black dude's pointing to his head. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's it's serious. Think about like, that shit. It's like it's dude, like you, my, didn't even, you didn't see him for 35 years. That's how fucking stealthy <laughs> they were, man. 
But no, it's like it's like Marine Recon. <clears throat> you know, they got a saying: if we fire a shot and you know that we're there, we failed. Right. Hey. Swift, silent, deadly. Get in. Get the get the uh, the reconnaissance information. Get the fuck out. And no right. one's wiser. That's well, what people see the death do. troopers. They just don't live to tell the tale. Yeah, you can run. You just die tired. You know that type of thing. So, <laughs> but no, I mean, it sounds like okay. You know, eh, I can see it. Spin off on something like that. Spin off on the Mandalorian Wars. Find out how. Because let's be honest, Boba Fett is only awesome because he looks awesome. He does nothing in the fucking movies. Even his, even Jango right. Fett just gets his head chopped off at the end of the second movie. He doesn't even last to the third movie. I mean, so it's show how you know that armor. Hey, was, hey, hey, hey! Spoiler alert. For an almost twenty-year-old movie, I'm being facetious. <laughs> I was gonna say, Jesus God! If you if I'm a I'm a Star Wars fan, but I haven't seen the prequels. Well, then you're not a Star Wars fan. I don't know what to tell you. You deserve them to be ruined for you. Uh, I've only seen them once, dude. It's I'm good. Like no correction. I think I've seen the Sith twice. No, but like dude, Fan, for Phantom me, Menace and the Clone Wars, dude. I'm good at once on both of those. For me, it's it's like it's like really stepped on heroin to a junkie. Like it's not it's it's not good enough Star Wars to get me off, but it's good enough Star Wars to where I'm not sick. That's how I look at those. <laughs> that's how I look at those prequels. I'm like, all right, there's there's right. It's like if you say, oh, you, oh, you used to go to Rays back in the day. Oh, so you listen to Duplo? <laughs> <laughs> like no, bitch. Well, yeah. it's. You know, I, I, I purposely try to focus on the redeeming qualities, as few as there, there are. Like, Ewan McGregor's performance as Obi-Wan, I think he nailed it. Oh, yeah. I think, I think they fucked up the timeline because when he drops off Luke at, 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 at Ben's, or, or, uh, or Owen's, yeah, his Uncle Owen. Yeah. I'm like, that's not 18 years later he doesn't turn into Alan yeah. Guinness. That's a little bit longer than that. Yeah, so, life on the well, desert is hard. It must be, hopefully. I guess. <laughs> like, like he, he caught 18 a, years, he looks like shit. It looks like a dried up prune at the end of it. Like, the whole reason he hates on most Isley's... Somebody get Ben on the moisture farm. <laughs> the whole reason he's against most Isley and calls it, you know, wretched scum of hive and villainy is because that's... Where he picked up the space hooker that gave him space herpes or something that aged him forty years and eighteen. <laughs> right. I mean, this is you the only that, thing that makes sense. Am I the only that one is, of the three of us that thinks the Clone Wars could have been an hour shorter? <laughs> no. Am I the am I the only one that thinks why the fuck did we see the lead up to the Clone Wars, but not the Clone Wars in the movie? They I know, made a right? Television series about it. Put that in the movie. Just give us the lead up. You could do it fifteen thing. twenty minutes. There's so much more. I mean, this Star Wars has proven to to its audience that there's so much more in the universe to be explored outside of the Skywalker family story. And honestly, the only thing that I I really want to see anymore when it comes to any characters involved in the original story is Obi Wan Kenobi. I would love to see you and McGregor come back and do. You know, just fucking lone wolfing it on Tatooine. Oh yeah, yeah. I, and a lot of that's because I think Ewan McGregor is just an, a fantastic actor. 
So yeah, I want to see him reprise that role, and I think that you could do a lot of good stories in there. But in general, yes, there's uh, people who will say that they are diehard Star Wars fans only know the tip of the iceberg. Because if you've only seen the movies, then that's all that you see. That is the tip of the iceberg there. The the actual... Uh, no, they're not movies, but there's plenty of books, games, graphic novels, comics, role-playing games, all this shit that is canon in that universe that has deepened this uh, the Star Wars universe. So, yeah, there's so much out there to mine from. Can we get a spinoff with Mace and Lando? Well, it's kind of like if Marvel just kept doing Captain America movies. I'm sure there are some other people coming and going, but it really just involved Captain America and Bucky in every movie. What happened with Bucky? Captain America. Bucky kills Cap. Cap kills Bucky. Or they're not dead. Or they are related. Or they aren't related. You know, like, okay, let's fucking... What the hell else is going on? Like, the whole universe is at war. What the fuck? Why are we so concerned about the... And I mean, okay, yeah, I guess there is a bigger story there. And maybe this is all going to really pay off by the the end of this new trilogy. That we're going to see really why. What is it about the Skywalker name and th- that makes it so special? Maybe there is something there. Or maybe it's nothing. Well, I, I'm, but it is time I, to move on. Yeah, I'm seriously over the whole whether we get a good answer or not. Move on. You know, I, I I guess really the only mystery in the new trilogy, at least at least after watching the first, you know, episode seven, is what's Rey's lineage? Is she a Skywalker? Is she another? Is is she another version of Anakin? Was she created? Just through the you know the force itself, there was no father, you know. Is it something like that? That's really and oh, I guess Snoke. Who's Snoke? Who's the guy who's pulling uh, Kylo Ren's strings? Is he someone yeah. from the past? Is he in you know a, a pissed off Jedi who fell to the dark side? And I mean, really, besides that, it's just I almost okay. How does Luke die, and how are they going to handle the? The the whole thing with uh, Prince you know Princess Leia that's pretty much I, those two questions and what happens to Chewbacca R two D basically what happens to anybody still left over from the original trilogy that's that's what I'm most concerned with Ray as a character I think is the weakest character in that movie I mean it, 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 she automatically knows how to do all this stuff with the Force with absolutely no training. I mean, I really had to suspend yeah. disbelief on that one. And it's yeah, like, didn't Luke have yeah. to go find Yoda and hang out in the forest for months to train? But yeah, she just knows it. And on top of that, you know, George Lucas himself has said, in defense of, you know, well, how did Luke, you know, to know how to use the Force at the end of Star Wars, the original, instead of using, you know, the the what do you call it, the targeting computer? Well, he goes, I, I didn't say how long they were in hyperspace on the way to, to Alderaan. That could have been months. That could have been weeks. That could have been... You just assume it was as quick as it was in a movie. I'm going to correct my error and say swamp, not forest. I don't want the Star Wars purists to come after me. That's what they call in Marvel Comics a no prize. When you, when you manage to come up with some ridiculous explanation to cover up a plot hole oh, in fuck. your story. 
I forgot about those. Yeah, they used to write in with snail mail and point it out, and they'd give them out in the letter section. Right, and it was usually, it got to be kind of an, an inside joke where, like, somebody would write in calling out an obvious plot hole where, like, you know, a, somebody just disappears from a story. You know, they introduce a character, and then three pages in, he's just gone and never mentioned again. And then somebody writes in, and it was like, well, it was probably because that character got teleported away in between panels because he then appeared in that month's issue of Spider-Man, and therefore <laughs> it must have been this villain, the portal. And they go, yeah, you get an old prize for <laughs> giving us a, some sort of you know bullshit putty to spackle over our huge plot holes when we work our writers to the bone and... They just forget what the fuck they're doing. Exactly. Two writers forgot to get together and say, are we using the same same villain this month in two separate <laughs> comics that are happening at the exact same time? Shit. No, too late. They've already got, they've already, it's already went to print. Yeah, there was a lot of, I remember a lot of that during the whole, uh, the original Secret Wars and Secret Wars 2. Because there was a oh, whole, yeah. lot of, whole lot of strain into it to do some explaining where a year's worth of shit happened, but in the comic book, you know, on the Secret Wars planet, but it was the next, the very next issue, Spider-Man shows up with a black costume, and everyone's like, where the fuck did this thing come from? You know, oh, you'll find out later. Well, because, you know, Marvel Comics really prided itself on its universe, and up till around the point of Secret Wars, there was, I mean, that was one of the editor's primary jobs was to make sure that there was continuity between the books that they were overseeing. Not just that the characters were doing something that made sense in their own universe and book, but that if, you know, Spider-Man pops up in the Fantastic Four book, then we've got to have at least something going on in in the Spider-Man book that says, even if it's just the first panel, he's swinging in going, whoa, that was great visiting with the Fantastic Four. Asterisk, see Fantastic Four, number 65. You know? And then you get to Secret Wars, and I think it's when they realized, oh, like, it doesn't really matter. Like, it's not the pedantry of picking apart and and no prizes that is driving this. It's just that people want to see all these heroes get together. It doesn't matter if it really makes sense. Matter of fact, we'll pull them. We'll make it make the least sense of any story story that we've done prior, which is we'll just get a guy who dresses really eighties and can do anything, and have <laughs> him start interacting with all of the every character. What do, what do people want to see in a comic book? If people like him. If that character can sell enough to, to warrant a solo book, then they're in this. And whatever the fuck else goes on in their, in their book, meanwhile, they'll just have to deal with it. Here you go, Spider-Man writer. Uh, we made him wrapped in a black alien, and that's his costume now. So I guess good luck. Yeah, I know, right? Well, I think, I think what happened was... Have fun Marvel. teaching the Beyonder how to poop. <laughs> which is canon yes it, know, happen. It, it did it did um yeah I, I i think what marvel did is they took a look because they did if i if i got the timeline right they did secret wars around 84 
Yes. And then DC did Crisis on Infinite Earths around 85, 86. And that was literally... That sounds right. ...to clean up their own universe and kill off all the alternate versions of this character and, and, and alternate Earth this and alternate Earth this and just try to get it down to one Earth. And then they, re- they rebooted Superman with Man of Steel, the Jim Byrne comic book. And then he did... Uh, yeah. Frank Miller did Year One with Batman. And it was funny because 20 years after they did that, DC was back to, they had so many multiple universes and shit, they had to do it all over again. <laughs> it's like, wow. They really don't have a trash can for when, when they're brainstorming for ideas at DC, do they? They just throw it to the wall and let everything stick. Because didn't they, what, the new 52? Wasn't that like just basically a, a whole reboot of the universe again? Yeah, there was an attempt to go back to the unified one universe thing. Well, but then, you know, it wasn't long after the new 52 that they started launching the Earth 2 series of what was mostly in uh, graphic novel format, but, um, yeah, just alternate versions of them. I don't know. It's... I guess maybe it has a lot to do with who's in charge of editorial... uh, anywhere but it seems like it's this constant struggle versus like they want to at any given time any comic book company they want to have a continuity because that means something that this character has been around for this long or that we have this continuous story that we have these like long runs of creators working on on a certain comic that means something to the the readers and the collectors and everything but they also find that very restrictive right i mean if you know this writer sells batman really well and he does that for you consistently for five years that's great but you've taken that one writer and that one property and tied it up for five years if you're going to be that strict about it if if that writer is going to do the canon the definitive batman story and nobody else can do anything with them but I mean, look at what you what you have now. Currently, is a Batman series coming out every two weeks, a Detective Comics coming out every other week from there. So again, every two weeks, just alternating. And I probably can come up with that off the top of my head, but no less than one, two, three, four, five, six plus hardcover two-volume graphic novel original series of Batman stories that are like, oh, this just happened at some other time or this is just an alternate universe or some other take. And it doesn't have to be. It's not like classified. Like this is this this is Earth 3 version of Batman. No, it's just Somebody wants to do something with Batman, and they've got a cool take on him, and so let's let them do it. Some of it's really good, some of it's not so good, but they're taking chances. And I'm all for continuity. I like the fact that these characters have history, but ultimately I'm just going to gravitate towards the best story, and that's not always going to be the canon story. It's... You know, sometimes it's a it's a, a new and fun take that's more interesting. Oh, definitely. I mean, for years and years before the internet, even well before the internet was, everybody had it and everybody was on it and everybody had it in their you know access to it via their phone. The rumor was 
if they do some new Star Wars movies, they were going to do the Thrawn trilogy, the Heir to the Empire trilogy that Timothy Zahn wrote. And okay. I was like, that would be awesome. You got all the red, you know, the, all the classic characters in it. If they don't wait too long, they can just, you know, ex- explain the age difference as in, you know, this many years has passed. It's not that big of a deal. And that's the route I thought they were going to go. Well, obviously they didn't. They went a prequel trilogy. But then when Disney bought it, they just scrapped everything and said, okay, all of that, that's, we're going to, that's not, that's not canon. That's, that's, uh, what do they call it? Uh, the legacy stories. Like, think of it as fan fiction. And I'm like, well, what the fuck is canon now? And they're like, everything that has Disney attached to it. <laughs> Just like, okay. I'm sorry, I'm 40. I can't give much more of my life to this fucking franchise. Like, I don't have time to learn a whole new fucking timeline for Star Wars because Disney had to buy it. That's a young man's game. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just... I just watch the movies. I have no idea about the comic books. That's kind of how I feel like with Marvel and DC. That's the that's probably besides holy shit, the cost of comic books. Wow. Let me just put it that just say that. But besides that, like that's probably the biggest thing to me getting back into to comic books is just like I don't I don't know what's what's real anymore i don't know what the ultimate version of this is i don't know what earth this is and i just don't want to sit in front of you know wikipedia trying to cram 25 30 years of of you know marvel universe history that i missed out on into my head and there's and it there seems like there's no good jumping in point because i'm always going to go what the fuck happened i don't understand this you know like we were talking about when uh they made uh, shit. Who's the guy? They made Captain America, the black guy. Uh, he uh, played. He was the Falcon, can, wasn't he? Oh, uh, who? Who's the guy who made him? No, they, oh, who, no, no, no. no. You talking they, about the Falcon taking over for Captain America? Yes. Okay, they, that would be Nick Spencer. Okay, the writer who put who uh, put the Falcon in the Captain America suit. Yeah. No, no, I meant the character's name. The character's yeah. name. Not his, yeah. Falcon's his hero name. What, what's his? Anthony exactly. Mackie. There, no. <laughs> <laughs> the actor who plays him. I can't remember. Okay, okay, but you see, like, I have no problem with that because that's an established character. I get that, you know. And it, they've they've done shit like that before, so it, you know that doesn't throw me for a loop. Right. But then, like, I started reading, and I'm like, wait a minute, who the fuck is this? Like, I remember when I really tried in the mid-2000s to start to get back into comics, and I started picking up Batman, and this I was like, problem. I don't know who the fuck half these kids... How many Robins have I missed? Yeah. Where's Jason Todd, you know? <laughs> I'm like, I'm not even worried about Dick Grayson. I don't even know, like, where the fuck is... Who? And then there was a female Robin? What? When did I... I and I just was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I just... Mm-mm. Not, not not my thing anymore. I, I guess I've outgrown it. Now the digital ones, because I do have that that Marvel uh, membership where I can read the digital comics. I, you know, yeah, I Marvel enjoy- Unlimited. Yeah, that, that's a good deal. Um, I do. You know, I enjoy that. You know, and I like going back and, and and reading up on some of the ones I missed and stuff. But I still am nowhere near caught up to even close to modern day shit. 
Well, you know, I can tell you from my own personal experience that um, it was, I spent a good chunk of time not reading comics at all, especially, not, I mean, picking up some stuff here and there that looked really interesting or seemed to really stand out, like Sandman or some of the other things that Vertigo was doing, but Superhero was just not on my radar. And as much as I, like many others, knock the bigger, huge Marvel crossover stories like Secret Wars and all this, that's it, when I wanted to figure out what I missed, that's where I went to. Because everybody gets wrapped up in that huge overarching story at some point. And, you know, I, not only character-wise, but creative-wise. So, you know, you read, okay, so what ha- what's all this shit about what happened between Captain America and Iron Man? I'm going to read Civil War and find out. And not only is it the Civil War story by Brian Michael Bendis and um, Steve McNiven, I think it was, who did the, the main art for it. Uh, ever, there's a lot of side stories that all the other creative people and all the other characters are involved in, too. So then dip my toe over there. And so I figure out, well, I'd really like to find out what happens with this character. And I'm really liking this team. But I'm really liking what this writer is doing here, and this artist is fantastic. And so you start following you know, the different branches off that way. And so there's a lot to be said to... I mean, that Marvel does have these big yearly stories where there's some big disaster that brings everyone together, and it's just like, sure, it's a little eye-rolling. Okay, the world's ending this year again, like it was going to end, end last year. <laughs> but... But that does a, a lot to, I think, keep readers going uh, and buying into the, the, over, the overall brand of Marvel and the universe that they're trying to sell. And, uh, and that continuity does give you at least a way to dip your toe in the stream and, and take its temperature and see if you like what's going on. But yeah, I'm, it, it is, it's, insane, it's insanely daunting. And it's not even just about like the cost of following the comics that you like, it's buying a lot of shit because if you don't know what you're looking for, you have to kind of feel your way around and you're going to buy some comics that you're like, what the, why the fuck am I reading this? You know, I read a comic today. I read a one of the Batman spinoff comics that I was just like, boy, that was a big waste of $3 and it's only $3 for me because I get a 25% off discount. Cover price is four bucks. I'm like, that's a waste Ooh. of money. It was a, it was a trash comic. It was bullshit. But I read the whole thing because it's all part of this Dark Knight story. It, they totally hooked me on this shit. Like the Dark Knight's story is like, oh, there's all these alternate Batman's from all these universes, and they're all evil, and they're gonna go crazy, and it's gonna be super fun. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I like the writer and the artist enough that I'm going to follow this main story. It's six issues, you know. Sure, there's like every uh, event that they do like this, there's going to be spinoffs and one-off issues, and that's fine. Well, I got three issues into the miniseries. Well, they are three issues into the miniseries. I don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> I realized, like, <laughs> there's a, 
there's a lot of this story that's in these one-offs. So when I went to pick up my comic books and I, I looked at the shelf and they, hey, there they all are, all six of them, all the spin-offs, they're supposedly going to fill in the cracks for me on this story. And I'm like, well, either I make the decision now to not buy the next three issues of this of this mini series, or I go ahead and buy these six other comics so that I can enjoy those other three issues. And so I bit the bull and I said, okay, I got a little extra money this week. I'll buy. I bought three of them then, and I put the other three in my hold. I was like, I'll pick them up with my next next time I come around. And yeah, I mean, I, I I've read two of them so far. One was actually really good. One of them was total shit. You know, I did learn that I don't re- want to read anything that Sam Humphreys does because his comic book was such a total piece of shit story wise that I I just I'm not into what he's doing as a writer. Whereas uh, Joshua Williamson, who did the story about Batman ta- basically taking over Cyborg's powers and going on a murder spree and <laughs> blowing up a whole planet, was insanely fun. And now I'm curious about what he's doing with, with other uh, things that he's writing. So yeah, it's not only daunting because you don't know where to start or who exactly is going to are the good characters that you want to follow, or the good writers or creators or artists? But you're going to buy a lot of shit. <laughs> like comic books are only ever going to be ten percent good. But you know, it's like anything. Most TV sucks. Most movies suck. Most shit sucks. You just, it's hard <laughs> to find the good shit. What can I say, man? It's getting late. There's the name just of the, name the episode. episode. <laughs> Most shit sucks. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and in conclusion, I'm going to sound like... Oh, fuck. What was his name from Dazed and Confused? Oh, uh, oh shit. Randall Pink. Oh, Floyd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know Randall Pink Floyd wants to do. <laughs> oh, well, let's, let's go out on that note. Most shit sucks. It's the oh. subtitle of the show. Real, real, quick, I, real quick, I just realized that um, next week is Thanksgiving, right? Yes, it is. Yes. So that means the Tuesday before Thanksgiving is National Harassment Day. If you don't know what I'm talking about, look up Patrice O'Neill harass, Patrice O'Neill Harassment Day. <laughs> You're welcome. And happy harassment day to all the ladies out there. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Don't worry. I'll post it on the Facebook page for the five people who still follow it. Okay, great. (laughs) Everybody, bullshit sucks. But thanks for listening to us. Uh, You're downloading, you're sharing, you're liking it. We thank you for that. You follow us on Twitter at UnregimentedPod. Uh, you can email us on the regimented at christophermedia.net. And yeah, it's fucking late. So, well, it's late for us. You know, you can listen to this at your leisure. So, I will just say, see you next week. Thanks for listening. All right, later, guys.
If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.